0: All right, we're back for another Voice of All Things 1078 discussion here today. I got Vinland here next to me. Uh, I think I think, uh, I, I told everybody that I was going to get mosh, but here's the thing. There's more than one person that was on the York train, and Vinland was one of them. And Vinland, I think, also has a lot of things uh, that I want to talk about outside of the York situation that I just want to play off of, uh, you know... His mindset, because you know, me and Mosh, we have a lot of similar thinkings, you know, that kind of thing. And last time when me and Vinland talked about Shanks, that was, I was surprised because uh, you really liked the Godfather Shanks idea. And uh, I said we the next time we talk, we'd there'd be a lot more to talk about, and there's some Shanks things that came up. But maybe we'll save that for a stream. So, you know, now that we're here. Uh, if you guys don't know who Vinland is he's a one piece youtuber with one of the best voices and i'm currently talking so much so to build up the suspense for his voice because i know a lot of you guys may not know who uh Vinland is and he just dropped a video about mysteries in one piece that are still uh unanswered and very interesting mysteries and you guys know me i like answering those questions so who knows maybe maybe some of those uh some points in that video which you guys should check out i share down on the community uh tab um maybe that'll be inspirations for future videos but vinlin how you doing uh
1: what you got I'm going good. on i'm good i'm good it's good to be here everybody i'm sure uh i know some of you uh, that are listening right now i don't know if this is the first time i've been on parvision's channel i know we've talked before on brothers i think but yeah it's good to be here
0: yeah no uh we had the we had the stream together we had the stream but that was back when i was using my vods channel more so now now this is just being posted on the main channel which uh a lot of people at this point they might not even know i have a vods channel but i'm reuse. i'm starting to bring back the vods channel because that's for my other streams and things like that um but since since becoming a father now i got a lot less time and uh Mm. ironically you and I have been talking about how to save a lot of time because you're very business minded. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. uh, recently, uh, you know, finishing up with the grad school and stuff like that, right? So, mm-hmm.
1: um, yeah. all good things. Big, and things. big things coming. Big things come. We talked for like two hours. Yeah, the stream was del- or the, the recording was delayed because we were sharing business ideas, and yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy what what, what the future has in hold. But
0: yeah, and a lot of so my, my viewers busy. know that I'm I'm business minded, and we, you know, I think I think this. This mindset is actually really, really helpful um, to talk about with the chapter, because there's a few things that I feel like were just interesting decisions. And so, you know, let's start off on on an easy playing field right now, right? At the very beginning, at the end, the cover story, we see a merger, a merger between two organizations. What are are your thoughts about the formation of the Neo-Mads?
1: So... I know a lot of people do not care about the covers, <laughs> but I've always been a, a big proponent of them being important. Yeah. Even if you know sometimes I skip with them myself. I I did mention in my chapter review for 1078 that it's it's strange that you know if, if the Vega punks do get eliminated, as many of them seem to have. I don't know. You know, Oda has a tendency to bring characters back to life, right? Right. Because these Vega punks are stemming from uh, uploads to a you know uh, centralized system, right? Right. The the Punk Records brain system. It's possible that you could re-download these Vegapunks again to different bodies. Yeah. So there's a way that he could bring them back, which I'm sure would not surprise many people reading One Piece. At the same time, I would be fascinated to see if, if most of them are destroyed and the only one that survives is the first Vegapunk that we get to see, which is Lilith, no. Vegapunk, uh-huh. the evil one, ironically, right? You, you know, flipping the story upside down, the whole concept. Now all of a sudden, somehow evil becomes good. Yeah, very strange. If it were to go that route, and what would it mean in a broader sense? Because think about it: German sixty six was synonymous with evil, right. and we might see Caesar and Judge Caesar and Judge uh, Vince Smoke go from evil to good, right. which is the likely end scenario. I don't really see them, you know, joining the world government and you know wrecking havoc across the world. They might actually, you know, uh, it's it's a new Mads, a new science group, right? So it's a new mm-hmm. era. And so what kind of changes are they gonna bring? And if it's possible for these evil characters to actually do some good for the world, then maybe evil Vegapunk Lilith will join them, right? Because remember, yep. Vegapunk used to be a part of Mads. And maybe the the lone surviving Vegapunk is the first one we meet who identifies herself as Vegapunk as if she's the real Vegapunk, which we were confused first when we realized she wasn't, right? We thought she was, we were saying, oh, Vegapunk's a woman, but now it finds out that, no, she's a clone. But well, what if she survives and everybody else, all the other Vegapunks die? And what if Lilith ends up joining Caesar Clown and Judge vinsmoke and creates a new Mads organization, which I know many of us want Chopper to to cure, you know, uh the Smiles the people of Wano. I don't know how his dream clashes with theirs. Would Chopper ever end up leading their organization if they were reformed? Would he would his morality conflict with Celer Clown and um Judge vinsmoke I'm not sure. But the direction I see this neo Mads group going mm-hmm. is one that is uh what's the word for a counter a counter to whoever they used to be unless they, i mean are, are, do they want to dominate the world we don't know we're going to get another chapter cover for chapter 1079 that might conclude um this story arc right i'd be, I'd be yeah. interested to in see how many more cover stories do we have of caesar and judge what else are they going to do right
0: Yeah, I'm surprised that this was still inside the Germa double six thing. But at this point now, I'm understanding more. But I like what you said. Honestly, the chopper direction is something that is super interesting when you think about it because, like, that would – yeah, because like Chopper has negatively interacted with every single one of them, even Judge to a little certain extent, right? Because he interacted with the Raid suit part of it. He was there at Whole Cake Island. So um, there, there, there was a moment there where he understands like the deviousness of Judge. But with Caesar and Queen, let's say, right? Because a lot of people think that Queen or not a lot of people think it's assumed at this point that Queen is probably an Impel Down. If there's no reason to leave, like you're saying, like Oda doesn't necessarily like people dead. And there's a whole slew of really, you know, well-designed characters in Impel Down that I 100% see Oda bringing them back. Queen is probably one of them. And so a lot of people went the route of saying like Neo Mads might, you know, be a part of Impel Down 2.0, free Queen. Then you get the full Mads reunion aside from Vegapunk and the other part of it being that something with Vegapunk that's super interesting right when we got those cover stories of like it was a laboratory of peace and then you see Vegapunk working with these people and the Vegapunk that we know you know not necessarily like he's above and beyond them in so many regards but we don't know what he was like with Mads and now with this nuance at the end of the chapter which we'll get to but it almost makes you wonder how did Vegapunk even like associate with them how did he even work with them how did he even bond with them but you're right like lilith being a part of him implies that that was probably the connection right everybody has like a different persona and we see six of them with vega punk and lilith is probably the best one to to work with them aside from maybe like atlas because wrath but like you know in terms of uh evil yeah exactly that's what we're looking yeah. at with the, the rest i of mean Mads. in many
1: ways is evil in all of us maybe. yeah and he yeah yeah the evil part of himself that was probably contained or checked by the other aspects right yeah um you know there's there is a question to ask as to you know he's working with these guys and we see in one cover it seems contradictory where he wants world peace he is shooting cannons with flower Flowers. pistols, right? Like, you know, the petals. Yeah. And now we see that he, there's a part of him that wanted to be a celestial dragon, which coincidentally he was on a cover page with the Gorosei, right? And he looked greedy as hell. Like he looked, and this is the thing about Stella Vegapunk. Stella Vegapunk seems entirely clueless. And I don't see Stella as the real Vegapunk. He doesn't act like I think Vegapunk really is because mm. obviously Vegapunk is a composite, should be a composite of all, But you can encapsulate all the Vegapunks in one. And so there's no way this can be the real Vegapunk if he's not if he doesn't have all of his true selves in him well we're we gonna get a moment and, and, and so, so one of the and I know his brain's connected to the central system but I thought that Vegapunk had said that all of them share information but they don't share personalities And so if Stella Vegapunk is missing his other personalities uh, shouldn't that be a problem unless unless Stella Vegapunk still kept pieces of the other personalities, in him, but only branched out, but, but gave the majority of them away to create their own unique bodies. Mm-hmm. I don't know exactly how Stella Vegapunk is structured. in terms of his personality
0: no that that is important actually because i was gonna say what is told to us i think it's in 1067 i believe that he cloned his personalities and that's what's Mm. in those things so the way i see stella is that he's all of them combined but what that also means and in the business-minded thing it's like divide and conquer right there's an uh like a what was it called um absolute benefit of of um i
1: forget what the what the business term is but it's strange though, right? Like why would why would he not just make other copies of himself? Unless he wanted them to be their own people and didn't want them to be just like him. Well you know, so, the people we see in the story with uh, sorry.
0: No, no, I think I think like you know, he the cloning himself is, is beneficial to him, right? Because there's a difference of having six p- things blended in one versus having the core thing work all on its own, right? Like I think I yeah. think especially as um, you know, there's a certain part of ego right if you were to solo uh separate out your ego your ego might be able to accomplish way more than you on your own because you are inhibited by all the other you know factors within you right but an egotistical version of you might be the best youtuber might be run for president or or complete that invention right but then the 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 uh wisdom oh, side that, of you it yeah. inhibits and that, actually, that. And that
1: actually explain and that actually explains maybe in terms of like Stella, so there there are some things that that I do think occur when you when you take the story sort of too seriously like when we talk about powers and abilities oh you know Kizaro was really made of light all things he could do well Oda's not gonna go that far right or like black holes or gravity or Fujitora. I think the same thing applies to characters and so you know uh with 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 Stella Vegapunk you take uh a part of himself and you create York right? And I would say, okay, well, how would he not? He's the world's smartest man. How could he not have predicted that York was going to do this? You're smart. You should be able to know that. The right. logic, Shaka Vegapunk said, you know, uh, very smart people, geniuses can see like, kind of like future sight, but even better. You can see way into the future and predict what's going to happen. Shaka predicted his own death. So how could you not predict that one of your peers would betray you how could you not know especially if you know yourself better than anybody else mm-hmm. and that's one of the contradictory things i see in terms of like a loophole or a plot hole whatever but then again it could be answered it's not a plot hole yet but i think the yeah. answer maybe but i don't care but i do i do like your original point because in terms of giving your all to one personality and not holding it back letting it be what it truly is without shame right yeah. And so you see that with evil you see that with wrath and anger you see that with just being logical making logical mm-hmm. decisions and then you see that as well with uh best the best example would not be gr- uh greed or not just greed but uh desire is another way of expressing it it would be york right, right, when, right. You, when you allow your desires to fully flourish and do and truly right, while holding them back right so maybe Vegapunk did want uh, somewhere in, in the back of his mind to be a celestial dragon you know i remember monkey D. dragon being somewhat perceptive kind of like Mihawkish, right mm-hmm. with clairvoyance um you know looking at Vegapunk Bang like i know you i can see right through you right you're greedy or right questioning in you know, maybe with like his character or whatever. Right, right. About, about, about joining the uh, Liberation Army before we created the Revolutionary Army. Oh, you don't have enough money, right? Oh, so you're greedy. You need more money, right? Or is it just because, oh, you don't have enough of your research? What is it? And so you see that with York, where York has been allowed to take that aspect of Vegapunk, which turns out to be the worst aspect his greed, his desire to, um you know, uh, well, York just wants to be a celestial dragon for some reason we don't yet know right um,
0: actually real maybe, quick before before we jump into yeah. that let i just want to know like when you're reading the chapter how did how what was your reaction how did you feel about like the the york
1: situation did it make sense oh my my like, my reaction was was my, my reaction was oh right i'm not gonna swear on your uh <laughs> on your uh your, your live stream i don't know if you do that over here but yeah my reaction was like you know pretty much shock at first but then i was mm-hmm. like wait But then I remembered I was just talking about that the other in back in February, right? uh, Where I where I put a tweet in my Twitter where I said that York is uh, I can pull it up right now actually. I said uh, yeah, I have the tweet in mind. Yeah, York's name is uh, Desire, Mm -hmm. and felt as if you know York you know being based off Desire and Vegapunk talks about the. Everything in this world being a product of our desires. Right. And so as a result of that, everything that's happening in this world, right, is a result of desire, ambition, dreams. That's what drives us. And yeah. so what is taking place on Egghead Island, common sense will lead us, based on what I said in February, to think that somebody's desire is causing all this to happen. And so I thought, well, could that be your cause Geo, for those of you that know Geo, you know, underscore AW on Twitter, give him a follow on the Twitch shout mm. him. He said that um he said, uh, he was asking who the traitor was, and then I, like, co-tweeted him. And I, yeah, I yeah, co-tweeted him, and I said that York, you know, hasn't done anything. York is sleeping, you know, taking a dump, not really doing much. Uh, shows no interest, when you really think about it, looking back on it, and helping out, despite everything that's going on. Yeah. Imagine if, you know, like, imagine if we all had the reverie in real life, and there was, like, a terrorist attack. And we were wondering who's responsible, and Parv right. is just chilling, and smiling, and I'm like, "Yo, something's not right."
2: Uh-huh, par, uh-huh. par
1: acted, Par acted, Par's acting shady. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? so,
1: so we're gonna like an Among it, Us so, game, yeah, right? It, it's kind, it was kind of common sense. Like, why is York not caring? Everybody's scared. All men are being attacked, and all this stuff, and York's just chilling. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. You know. So and then, now that we sorry.
0: No, 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 no. So I was just gonna okay, add yeah. that I was gonna um I'll link uh your video and then the tweet in the description but i'm also gonna link amash's uh thing in the description because uh in our conversation he was essentially saying like you know um what we don't necessarily get the full wording of what york means by the end of it but she says uh why do we need more than one vega punk and so like in the sense of greed right like if you think about greed's role in or york's role in the story so far it's like if you're this a mega genius right we just talked about how each one of them is supposed to be like a genius uh, uh akin to mega punk it's just they're separated by personality uh percentage i guess and if you were that smart and your role was delegated to eat uh sleep and poop right then that's like that's a cursed existence. And so mm-hmm. in, in terms of being greedy as well, it's like you would want to take over that, right. And it, we were also playing with the idea that like, what happens if you kill the other satellites and still or the other satellites, would you have to eat less and poop less and sleep less, because that would be inherently valuable to to your mm-hmm. situation. So there's like so many different reasons why York makes a lot of sense. And I think you also uh, experience this as well, where you know from my personal thing i was just like i felt like and we'll talk about this again later once after we you know uh, transition from the york subject is that oda played this really well in that like everyone felt like they had like some sort of uh connection towards being a traitor right we just didn't at this point we don't know even to what capacity is this chapter gives us a big a larger sense of what the end goal is. But even still, we don't necessarily know. Right. So in terms of the reveal with York, I think one of the biggest questions uh, that 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 we have to ask ourselves um, is like everything that we make sense for us of York. Right. And smartness, all that stuff. Right. And then York says, I want to be a celestial dragon. Does that how does that translate for you? And then also do you think that that makes sense, right? Like, how does someone become a celestial dragon? We saw that even, like, Doflamingo was, like, an actual celestial dragon, We re- like, fixed all the sins, right? The, the celestial dragons are mad at homing his dad, and, and he yeah. brought back the, the thing, and they still didn't accept him. He so, has hidden knowledge, too, and yeah, they didn't do so, anything about that,
1: right? So this, this is this, this is one of the things that I'm going to be interested in seeing in the coming chapters, because we do know that you can become a noble, right? But, like, you mm-hmm. can do some favors with the government. We'll make you a noble. But Celestial Dragons a very, is a separate thing and a very special thing. Yeah. Um, I am wondering if, and this is, this is the issue I have with, with this statement. So if York is being tricked, I have an issue with that again because Vegapunk is the world's smartest man. If you tell me somebody's the world's strongest swordsman, I'm going to believe nobody's better than them at swordsmanship. Right. right? And I'm going to get the whole Shinx Mihawk stuff. But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when, you, when you look at York, it's like we can't keep on having Vegapunk get outsmarted. Yes. That's not a good look. Right. So like if the girls say lie lied to this Vegapunk because they should all be smart, even if they have different personalities, they should all be geniuses, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they should all be the world's smartest in their own capacity. I think there's an issue, even though I, I've noticed hierarchies, like when Logic shows up, right, and checks Lilith, it, sounds, it, it appears that Logic is smarter, at least to me, but I'm sure all of them are smart. But I remember Lilith was like, you know, oh, you you mistook Zoro and Robin, you don't realize how dangerous they are, how strong they are, right? Something that Logic has said to them. And it's like she didn't pay attention to that. So clearly Logic was a little bit better than her, but he's logical. so He's focused on the logic. Yeah. Uh, but they're all geniuses. And so how does, you know, York get outsmarted by the girls say or by you know whoever's pulling the strings of it was a genius but like you know which is it, possible
0: but i think yeah. what something that is hard i'm on the same boat i think one of the hardest things to do in fiction and it's this is why we love Death Note and code Geass because the mm-hmm. smartness of those main characters are done so well that like even as a viewer with the with the benefit of having the macro picture which the You know in the scope of the series the character shouldn't have they still outsmart us as the viewer right but in in one piece right now in egghead yes vega punk is the smartest character but oda did something really clever in that he was just like you know when he introduced punk records and like the greatness of the invention he introduced a flaw in his logic where you know Jinbei was like wait what happens if like bad stuff comes from this because you have bad people connected to it, like a conflict of of philosophy. I forget the exact wording. And he's just like, well, I don't think about that thing. If in the pursuance of science, you shouldn't inhibit yourself in that regard, right? And I, I like, like
1: that. Stuff all over again, right, know, like, yeah, so exactly. yeah, exactly. Exactly. i aware of it, He just didn't care. Mm-hmm. In that regard, let people be free and do what your creations do what they want, free will, humanity, the whole concept of clones, and are they really alive? And if they are alive, then they have a right to live their lives the way they want to. I would love to see Vegapunk's conversation with York in the coming chapters, we get a lot of science of the weight of the soul, the weight of memories and all these things. And so I do think this is very important to a broader theme that Oda is now taking us to in one piece. It's been there all along. Yeah, yeah. Like your video on uh, that touched on souls a lot. Uh, I think this is very important to the series.
0: And, and so like in that context, right, could it be that greed is overtaken by greed, right? Or the desire where it's like, that's the flaw that like, that is why Stella is greater than all of the separate clone personalities, because they are more susceptible to their own flaws, right? A lot of people gravitate to logic, right? Because you could be so logical that you don't take into account of emotions, right? And so people thought that that was how he become traitor, right? So in this way, greed is too greedy and doesn't see how the. logic they're, they're blinded by their greed and
1: how it's not mm-hmm. plausible mm-hmm. do do all the Vegapunks have to obey Stella, or, or are they their own people
0: that we that is something we don't necessarily know because, right like,
1: like going, to, going to the other point if what if york got free will mm-hmm. and they don't surprise like how like you know you're all a part of me but i have just like the seraphim i have overarching command right but now you're acting on your own Right, and it's it's like kind of like the chapter where like uh, the hints of Bonnie, whatever Bonnie is a clone or whatever, um, where. He, 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 we're gonna get more from the narrator this narrator has been popping up all over the place i don't know how i don't know if we've ever had an arc where the narrator's constantly just jumping in like the narrator wants some action yeah he narrator's get getting action. out of pay raise right yeah. now <laughs> so like you know we saw with the bonnie thing where you know oh yeah the world will accept you as human or whatever right and then that's all we got from it and now we're getting another tease like oh you know a big event's about to happen something's going on the narrator is a little too involved it's scaring me
0: yeah yeah so okay with the with the york situation i think now that we had a few days to digest on it. Right. Um, Does the lead up into it? I think a lot of people have said like, Oh, this is obvious, right? The previous chapter was, you should have put it together and, or put it together sooner. Do you feel like the lead up into this reveal, it makes a lot of sense. You go, have you gone back to the chapters and seen, okay. Okay. And you saw like the lines.
1: Yeah. I've seen people complaining online about how it's unpredictable, which is nonsense. Um, You know, I think that there are certain things that are unpredictable in terms of we, gear five Luffy. We knew that it, many people said it's going to expand his rubber abilities. You can just look at how Zoans and Paramecia, whatever it is, how they mm-hmm. work in Logia, affect the environment, expand your abilities. It was kind of common sense. The right. random stuff was messing with the numbers and thinking about resin and bubbles popping up everywhere. <laughs> right? That was, wow, how'd you guess that if that had happened? But right. Everything else was predictable. And so I do think that there are so many things in the story, especially as we talked about off stream, um, that you know, there's, people are saying that there's not that much to theorize anymore. Right, uh, I do think there are things that you can still theorize and get right potentially, especially with so much information available to us now. Right, and just you know, having being so used to Oda's writing style and this, the, the most mind blowing right discovery was how Oda flips the script. And literally told us in the story that he flips things upside down. Actually, seeing that in his writing, right. um, I, I love how people on Twitter have been comparing uh, York to Do Flamingo. I actually stands. point out ch- chapter chapter seven hundred eighty one. Right, yeah, um, desire. Do Flamingo, desire. Right? So you take the uh chapter 1000 and uh, 78. 78. And then you flip the numbers up and you get 781 and then you just set the zero aside in this chapter right, 781 called desire. Mm-hmm. And the lingo apparently, you know, shout out to Joe and Archer and them on Twitter and everyone else showing how York, right kills his so called creator, the father, right? Uh Stella Vegapunk, punk will maybe attempts to kill him or whatever, because wants to become the original. Uh, And then you see do flamingo kill his own father yeah uh he wanted to return to Mary of and become a celestial dragon and we see that uh york wants to become a celestial dragon it's brilliant on otis part uh, i don't know how i feel about this opi opi no stuff i think there's certain reaches where you know the idea of york creating an artificial opi opi no is kind of as, as wild as creating an artificial gomu gomu no but i would not be surprised if there might be somebody else out there with a fake gomu gomu no like an evil luffy that would mm-hmm. be kind of cool yeah i personally I was personally hoping that uh, we get like, you know, supercomputer and there's some, you know, insane creation on the island that's locked away. Don't let it out. Right. And that's what I wanted to see. I think that robot is going to be activated. This arc, I think the robot's going to wake up. This arc, the legendary, and it's going to help okay. Them fight, and it's going to help them fight the uh, the marines and the world government, just like it did when it attacked. Mary Joa, but now the world government is coming to the robot and the robot is going to fight it again. And the Gorosei member might be able to comment on it because Vegapunk has limited knowledge. Right. The Gorosei should know about it. Yeah. Um, And so, and they might, I remember, remember what Vegapunk said that they don't even probably realize that that robot is there. They hid it away on that island and you to ask yourself the question why why did how did Vegapunk know that that robot was on the island did he select the island for a reason are right. there certain things on the island that were there before Vegapunk went there such as the little egg thing that's true the robot right there's things on the island i think he chose the island for a reason and we don't yet know why as the same way that onigashima is still unexplained it's a strange island just sitting there we still don't know what that polyglyph i think said right was, wait was that the onigashima. mystery
0: was that one of the mysteries in your video uh, the Onigashima. No, no, thing? no, no. My,
1: oh. my, my mysteries are kind of. The, well, I'm going to make other mystery videos in the future. Yeah, 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 Different things. I was actually thinking about doing like specific arc mysteries. Like, hey, these things are left unanswered. These things are dark. Whatever, whatever. This, this is crazy. I wanted to make one off, uh, for example, with Zoro and Kujira and the yeah. stairs. a right? um, mm-hmm. Whole bunch of stuff. So. The oh, the reason yeah, I, why I asked that. the
0: Onigashima one because my one of my Nami theories in the in the coming weeks is going to answer the Onigashima thing, what the mystery name was. I think I might have mm-hmm. figured that out. But you know, just going back to the Do Flamingo thing, I think you know in a live reaction, uh, prior to this chapter, obviously when people were still thinking that S Flamingo was an option, right, very plausible one. We were talking about how it would be it'd be crazy because then it would be like Vega Punk is S Flamingo's dad figure and Doflamingo. Uh, Do yeah. Flamingo. That figure, same thing, the parallel there. And it, it, the reason why I had the chapter title uh, memorized is also because that's actually a core part of my Elemental Hockey thing. And a lot of people don't r- realize that there's actually two chapters that Oda named Desire, which doesn't happen often in one piece where you get two chapters with the same title, Desire. And the other chapter is 282. And so um, in my next video, I told you my next video is Elemental Hockey. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to be showing what that desire thing means and i'm actually going to connect it back to this character which is you know i think when we
1: sit back and we look at oh, how Oda... i know where this is going I, i'm trying to tap into your mind part before i, I told hold on to your thought I, I don't want to interrupt your ideas hold on hold on to that yeah just yeah to tell you, just tell your audience real quick sneak preview my assumption and let me know if i'm right uh-huh. in the future comments say vinlin was wrong always wrong whatever uh-huh. but um desire uh your desires Cause you to do things, right? Give you ambition. I desire this. I have a dream. I'm going to pursue it. Pirate King. I'm going to pursue it. Uh-huh. Will, desire, mm-hmm. right? Our desires create this world, but so does our will. Do you have the Can you will it into reality? Right. Right. Can your desire makes something be blossomed into reality. And so you desire, you will a flame into existence. So you right desire this this or that right the people looking at the moon and then somehow that creates the electricity although i think that might be tied to the different races minks right but then you're the fishmen and the water bending mm-hmm. the water is that will is will influencing the world everything in this world is due to desire the fishmen do they, they desire to go above land and maybe have to manipulate the water somehow to get yourself out of the water i don't know what the electricity is for i don't know how that works with the minx. um Maybe somehow will is related to that, or it could just be a genetic thing. It could be anything. It could be science, it could be desire. I do think devil fruits are not just uh, a vagapunk. So science is, you know, can be underdeveloped. It's still in mm-hmm. progress. More research is needed. Sadly, vagapunk's not going to get to complete that. Maybe the neo-mads group will, mm-hmm. but I do think that in the past that, Maybe devil fruits are not just will and you know superstition. Otis seems to really try to provide provide a realistic scientific base or element, like the foundation for it. Right. In which maybe scientists in the past created devil fruits and realized scientifically that this wasn't superstition or magic, but you could actually capture like the soul, the weight of the soul. You can capture memories, you can capture uh dreams and ambition and will and desire and do things with these. Uh, metaphysical or, or better word be abstract or intangible concepts, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that you can't readily touch, but they're real, at least in Otis' story.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, so I'll give a teaser. Um, I, I don't want to say the exact thing, but I, I've talked about it on my channels. So my viewers would know what I'm talking about. But if if anyone uh, of, of, of Vinland Ragnar's uh, viewers are here, uh, there's a philosophy that I think that has been essentially patched throughout the, the eras and and there was a specific one, uh that that became essentially the f- the more, the most cemented version and became the foundation for a lot of other ones that came after and I think Oda basically patched it on his own like he provided a different version of it in the Vega Punk chapter where he described Devil Fruits and the thing the, a, a quick thing about that is like essentially the will right how it's described in this particular philosophy is your will or your spirit moves in an animalistic way. And animalistic at the time meant more like primal, primal urges that we talk about at the beginning of Egghead. And specifically in the, the two chapters about desire, there's 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 a bunch of common things that I'll go over in that video, but the main things are there's electricity in both. So 282 is with Anel, and he does something very specific. And then in uh, 781, which is uh, Doflamingo, we also see Law pull out Gamma Knife. Not for the first time, but he does it multiple times. This electric move that the naming scheme is so interesting, I've talked about several times. And so there's like a connection between what Doflamingo and Anel are doing, and then also what Law and Luffy are doing in those respective uh, chapters and i think it plays very well to the concept of desire and so you know coming back to where we were before uh ragnar you weren't wrong you weren't wrong with how you connected because and and for a lot of people who don't know um you shouted out that my elemental hockey theory in your uh, two videos ago uh the one about this chapter i I believe yeah yeah and uh a a lot of people didn't realize in uh Jay's Reverie, you and I and Cole were going back and forth on elemental hockey yeah, for like yeah, an yeah. hour yeah. at the at like in the seventh hour or eighth hour, I believe. And it was a great conversation that helped me build up more for this. But there was something that you want to add.
1: Yeah, so I you just sparked another idea. So while I had pushback for the opiopinomate idea, when you combine yeah. it with desire and you remember me do Flamingo, he desired the opioinome for a broader dream. Uh, I know three of you things that Stella's gonna eat. Um the original Vegapunk, which is a cool idea because he's an apple on his head
2: mm-hmm. eat
1: the eat the apple so like forbidden fruit of knowledge right eat the knowledge Vegapunk's smart too so yeah that's an interesting way to think about it but you know the same way that he Doflamingo Do wanted law's devil fruit right um maybe stella vegapunk wants i'm sorry not stella maybe york vegapunk desire right desires uh, uh stella vegapunk the original vegapunk's devil fruit ability too but for a different reason so uh, york wants his because how does York become the original by mm-hmm. just by killing everybody, or do you have to take his devil fruit in order to maybe download the information that's all up there? Because yeah. if he dies and you don't have his devil fruit, how do you access the brain, right? So York might, York might need the brain, right? Access yeah. to the brain that you was might a, need to take
0: a, a question. Yeah. It's essentially like at this juncture point, um, it's like even if she eats him, right? The one thing that we have an example as is. Big Mom and Mother Caramel. Big Mom ate Mother Caramel, got the Devil Fruit power, but we don't know if the powers, the same souls that Mother Caramel had, transitioned to uh, Big Mom because she created uh, Mother Caramel created Pandora, but Pandora is not any of her soul things. And on top of that, the souls that uh, she had, that I think is Prometheus, would be the closest thing to uh, Pandora. She. Said that it's her own soul, and it seems to be so. And so I don't know if the, the if you eat the person, if the power also transfers. And so I didn't I didn't know that people had that thing, but I think in the discussion, um...
1: one of the one of the interesting things about eating people, and that's why people think that Blackbeard just like you know historical stuff, uh, eating hearts and everything. In, in the anime, at least, you know, I think in the manga, they kind of, they don't really show the silhouette or, the, or at least the ghost of Whitebeard, but they show it in the anime where, where Blackbeard does the stance and you can kind of see Whitebeard standing there with him, right? Overlapping mm-hmm. him as he raises his arm as if Whitebeard was there and they're kind of shocked at stance. Like, how can he do that? How does he right, know right. Him? And we get hints that like like Joy Boy, like, you know, Kaida, who are you? Right. Like, you know, somehow like the soul of that person was still kept in the devil fruits in your body. We see Big Mom during, during Onigashima has an ability that looks just like Mother Carmel, yeah. Right? as if like, the soul's still in her. And so maybe by- um.
0: But at the same time, then we see Law and Corazon, right? Like Ace oh, and yeah, Luffy. Yeah. Luffy, yeah. you know, they're not eating it necessarily, but there's there's a different way to go about it. And so- Inherited will versus, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And so in the eating situation, I don't even know, I don't know if that solves it, but you bring up a point, right? If she wants to become the Vegapunk, I've come to the uh, conclusion a, a personal conclusion that if she kills Vega Punk, I think that she all the satellites are sentient on their own and they don't just like disconnect. I don't think that's the case, but you're right. They lose the Punk records because it's tied to him. The fruit would then transfer. So maybe she's on like Caesar. He was able to uh, essentially. Uh, not force, but manufacture a way where the fruit would recycle within his own means. Maybe York has that. Maybe another way to look at it is maybe York, uh, that's the reason why York hasn't killed Stella yet. Maybe she has to keep him alive to a certain capacity. And so that's where I was going to raise the question where it's like, what What are the ways that... that that's a thing right mm-hmm. and there's some you know uh we don't i don't remember where sugar is sugar from the don quixote family but like if she went to impel down as well then maybe she has the green blood for that and that's a crazier connection because then you can keep Vegapunk alive as a toy and then also have the power of sugar's fruit stay immortal as well for or forever young and then you have like a huge best of both worlds and she could recreate that to green blood so we don't even know how green blood works can she swap it out like like baby? blade or I, something right like <laughs> i don't even just, know just how
1: just that works bring back all these abilities i always thought it'd be cool like i know that it would kind of overlap with blackbeard having multiple devil fruits To mm-hmm. you know, have a character that has every Devil Fruit, because that would kind of you know overshadow him mm-hmm. but I, I just think that would be awesome if there was some like creature out there like end game that has every devil fruit ability well, so like every yeah, every yeah. Hour, you gotta fight
0: so, one of my original theories, uh, you know, we were talking about how uh, how my channel popped off. I didn't tell you exactly off call, but it was off the elemental hockey theory that my channel grew. And then the second video off of that is that devil fruits are training meals for peak hockey. And what that essentially means is that devil fruits are kind of like an encoded this is how I described it, and, and the nuance of it's going to change, but devil fruits are kind of like an encoded uh, programming. So like once someone figures it out, right? Like if I created, you know, back in the day when like coding was first, a thing in order to connect to the internet, you'd have to code it yourself. You have to learn how to do C plus but once Firefox and all those things came out, you just click a button. Boom. Right. That's like a devil fruit. It's a fast track to that, but none of us know the coding about how to do all that stuff. Right. And so to, to, complete the analogy hockey would be like knowing coding and then devil fruits are like software programs or you just click on it fast, right? But that doesn't mean you have hockey, right? Which is why we see so many times in the story where it's like, we, we get the natural reaction of like, Oh, this person's not good at hockey, because they relied on their devil fruit. That's why, right. And so in that line of context, what I was saying, uh, I forgot which video it was I think it's the video where I was saying, uh, kid has bad hockey, or kid sucks at hockey, and I give a reasoning why um, I explained that, uh, essentially, to fast forward to that line of logic is that if you Consider all the Logias in the story, um, besides Greenbull, obviously, but even Greenbull, essentially. Luffy faced every single Logia on his path. Kid was not on his path. So Law and Kid, when they went down the Grand Line, they went through a different path that never went through Logias. And when you think about why Luffy, like, uh, realized why hockey was really important with with Rayleigh, one of the main things is like, wait, I can touch Kizaru? Wait, I can touch uh, Akainu? I can fight these people now? Whereas if you never fought a Logia then you wouldn't, you wouldn't prioritize that. So it explained why kid, you know, essentially would do that. And it led to elements of hockey thing. But the gist of it was saying like, well, if we get to the end stage of the story, bouncing off of Kaido's line saying hockey is what allows you to conquer the world. Well, Roger did that, but the person who's conquering the world is Eam. So if Eam is the one who conquered the world, then wouldn't it make sense that they have the best hockey? And at that stage, if you are able to create oh. devil fruits through hockey then they might be able to recreate every single devil fruit through hockey and so That's it crazy. And, and it wouldn't necessarily be separate it might be even we get the anime trope where Eam runs through every single devil fruit that luffy has ever faced and is just better and can mix and match yeah. by the end of it and L-
1: bring lose, more lose your kingdom lose your kingdom which is what people compared to that now what if what if and what, what if what if it really is just like the lightning thing and Emu can do the same thing Anel can do and all the other abilities out there, right? You look at look at the forest place or whatever. Maybe he has um you know Mother Nature. Maybe he has um Green Bull's power. All every power out there, right? Yeah. Uh, one thing I was going to say was um oh great. Park, wait, keep on talking. I'm trying to remember. I always got it, got forget it. My, my point. My, my point forgot.
0: No, yeah, I, and so like you know I bring it no, no, back. Okay, I remember. I, okay, got I remember it. now. I remember yeah.
1: now. So, before before I for, forget, so you mentioned. The king that conquered the entire world—how strong Imu has to be to have done that, right? Because we know that, basically, from uh, Don um, across these oceans, um, yeah, he said, "You, you, 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 you." It's a beautiful speech too. I, I love reading it, at least in my narrative voice. Where it's like, yeah. you run to any number of kings or, king, or people with kingly potential, right? Only one can uh, rise to the top and become the pirate king, the greatest conqueror of them all, right? You can right. conquer these seas. That's the the, the the pirate king is the greatest conqueror. Okay, so in my video that I just dropped about, um, it's It shows Roger with his straw hat who gave it to him, but it's basically the dark One Piece Mysteries. Um, I said that Emu might be the Supreme King currently. Mm -hmm. The color of the Supreme King. Red piece is real. For those of you that know it, check out the channel. Red piece. I'm making it a movement. Red piece is real. Red is a big thing out there. It's all over the place, right? Shanks red hair. There's a reason they identify the red. The empty throne is red. The red line is red. Uh, he was over there too. Red is some kind of royalty. Uh, Supreme King Hockey, right? Advanced Conquers is red. So red is important for a reason. Roger and Luffy both wearing red and major characters, right? And Shanks. So you have the Straw Hat people. Also Roger to add, red.
0: when Luffy, I don't yeah. know if you've seen this in Wano, when uh, it gets overtaken by the uh, the aura stuff, but if people look past the aura, when Luffy essentially activates his conquerors and is in like he creates like a zone and that zone every, everything has a yeah. red
1: background yeah and so for some reason red is really important and i just wondered if uh well personally i think i wonder if shank stems from maybe joy boy's bloodline if joy boy mm-hmm. was a human maybe not no you know not an ancient giant or a giant or anything maybe uh i i looked up all different things on red online and red is a really important color for royalty and right um it, apparently you know the uh even in the bible like you know, god and this and the sea devil clearly there are those kind of concepts that are influencing one piece mm-hmm. apparently adam was like a, a, associated with red the first man right and like, he was, mm-hmm. like the first devil for a user and all kinds of things and um even clay yeah like if you, if you type it in like it's associated with the color red too and so um and red is even a important color in, in Japan as well. And so, yeah, red it does seem to be tied to things of royalty, to kingliness. And so the color of the Supreme King is red. When Luffy when Luffy clashes with um Doflamingo, it's like, oh, you have the color, too, of the Supreme King.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and so reaching the very top, right, sitting on the empty throne, the ultimate conqueror, for some reason, is associated with the color red. Right, uh, Imu's, eye, Imu's eyes are red. You look at uh, the Ponoglyphs, right? The... Robin actually first pointed out just so when we see the first real poneglyph during Zoe, and Robin says, That color's so weird. Why is it red?
2: Yeah. right. Yeah. Red is
1: important for a reason. And the fact that Shanks is the one that actually has a red attached to his name and is an identified like, oh, red hair. A lot of people, I mean, other people have red hair too. Why is it that Shanks' red hair matters? Right. right? He wore the straw hat, but he gave it away like he wasn't worthy of it, like he knew something that wasn't meant for him. Why would that be? Um I don't know. But yeah. all, all I know is that red piece is real. Red is going to matter down the road. Red leads to Laugh Tale, red leads to Joy Boy's treasure. If Shanks is associated with red, would he could he be related to Joy Boy? Maybe could, I mean, yeah. joy boy no, has I- people that inherit people, inherit people inherit your will. But there are people that also are blood descendants of you. And if joy, shouldn't joy boy have children? People that are his family, right? Like, is there someone out there that does Shanks is they welcome Shanks into um some people think that he might be a gor a go- or say son? I know that Joe Three Skull popularized that idea on Twitter, but is it possible that i said so it's because it's you? Maybe he, he was found a treasure chest, right? Kind of like the O yeah. like he's royalty and important, right? Uh like the Goma Gomi no was found a treasure chest, just yeah. like Shanks was. And so could Shanks be the last surviving, and it say like he's from like the Fireland family from the Red Piece film. But another idea that I really like is if Shanks was a descendant of Joy Boy, the one that deserved to sit on the empty throne, I think that would be awesome. But because he's a pirate like Roger, raised by him, kidnapped, never, you know, kind of like when you're adopted an orphan, say you're the king of some country and your son was stolen during a war and you lost him and you started a whole new family. And then yeah. one day your son returns, but he's been living a life as a nomad and as a, as a Viking, he's not cultured in any way right with the sensibilities of nobles or anything he's been living like a wild man out there which is interesting Uh, about
0: shanks right because like he said that to to whitebeard that he had uh his hometown like it's such an interesting thing i I also brought that up recently Uh, i know Teking has as well where it's like the the nuance of that's so interesting because he was with roger but then he said he like is the place where he grew up and that's like really
1: odd to me he's a baby yeah how'd he grow up there yeah and then the red hair thing
0: i i i completely i I've been playing with this idea. I, people who watch my streams know last year I put out this idea because the, the thing is like red headedness is such a interesting thing in our world, too, um, especially when it comes to lineage, especially when it comes to its origin and how it pro- uh, proliferated throughout the world. Um, it, you know, it, it there's. Like they, honestly, they were, the redheads uh, share a similar history as Fishman in in the in the story.
1: In, in some way. scapegoated and they were deemed like devils and yeah. all sorts of stuff. Yeah, so exactly. Could rocks could, could rocks have had red hair as well? Maybe they saw him as a devil. Yeah, red, yeah.
0: possible. When you were saying the red thing too, I was looking at the Vega Punk picture and I was like, if that the apple is going to be red too, so it's like, I mean, is that like playing into the thing? I I you know like I have a thing on like the white stuff, which obviously makes sense because Jap- Japan. Puts white as like the holy thing. That's why white is like that, um, mm-hmm. and, and seen that way. That's why like Yama, the mountain god, is a white boar, right? Luffy yeah. Gear Five, white, you know, deity. Um, and but white the red thing, the yeah, yeah, the red thing is interesting because I haven't, I, I've noticed it, but like when you put in that perspective, that's super interesting. And I'm not almost curious now because we don't have the coloration for the the uh. For the satellites in in the manga, yeah, yeah. but in the anime, I wonder. I wonder if like they're gonna make like York green or not green, red or something like that to to hint at that to add that extra layer of of hinting the celestial dragon stuff because mm. celestial dragons are white, but then like you said, like Eam could have like a red thematic. We wouldn't even know when they already have the red eyes. so it wouldn't be surprised.
1: That super yeah. interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Um. Hmm. Yeah. I mean- but yeah, that's pretty much what all my ideas. I mean, there's one thing I was gonna uh, I was gonna point out in terms of that as well. In terms of the Yonko and who we currently have right now, the four emperors, right? Yeah, there's the White Warrior Luffy. So then you extend, okay, why would they call him that? It's very strange, right? We know the Warrior Liberation, but why the White Warrior? Because he looks white. Okay, well, Blackbeard is maybe the Black Warrior, right? I said that in my, one of my videos, and somebody commented saying, "Why do you got to call him the Black Warrior? <laughs> I just call him the Dark Warrior." Like, yeah, what's the yeah. With it? Like, but anyways, um, but then you have Shanks and Buggy, and it's yeah, red and blue. blue. And the thing is, like, white and black are kind of, like, antagonistic colors, right? Um, and then you have, uh, you know, light and dark, and then you have red and blue, which do not as much, but I, for some reason back in my mind, I feel as if I read it somewhere that blue and red are kind of antagonistic as well, even though not the same way as black and white, because you have Shanks and Buggy going at it, just like black, red, and Luffy. I think that's a very, that's a very strange uh, connection there with these four emperors. Even so, though we have Luffy, Shanks, and Buggy kind of on one side with Blackbeard on the other. For, yeah. As far as we know right now, Buggy could side with Blackbeard for all we know. We don't know that, but, you know, we you do have... And the interesting thing is about that, too, is, like, on, on another tangent, Buggy, Shanks, Luffy, three people versus Blackbeard. When we meet, when we, when we first really get to see Blackbeard or meet him, mm-hmm. Nami's or Luffy versus Blackbeard, three people. Right. Yeah. Go to yeah. doing it all over again indirectly subtly, but so with the
0: over. red and blue thing, here's the connection. I talked about it in my big mom video. Is uh mm. this is a huge joke that actually stemmed from Japan. Uh it's the red ogre versus blue ogre. I don't know if you know that story, but it's the most uh, when you think of Onis and Ogres in, in Japanese folklore, that's the most popularized story that's like read to kids. And that's such an old thing that it's like, it, it's like essentially uh, uh, the boy who cried wolf, that kind of level of a story that saw itself seep into all, pretty much all anime, but then also outside of that you, even without the blue and red uh, trope, essentially how it goes is the, the red uh, ogre, the blue ogre wants to be friends with people and the red ogre wants to help the blue ogre so the red ogre turns himself into a villain and makes it so that the blue ogre is allowed oh. to become the hero and he becomes the friend and the red ogre takes a sacrifice and doesn't tell the blue ogre that the end of the goal or end of the plan is essentially like we can't be friends anymore. For, so in order for the plan to work, I have to be the villain for the rest of the all of
1: time. That's and Shanks. You have Exactly. Exactly. That's, exactly. That, that's crazy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that fits into the color themes. Yeah. Light yeah. So white, blue, and, blue and red, I will become, I'll become that which you have to surpass or whatever. Let's go after the One Piece. Surpass me wow so that was that uh, needs to be a video that's crazy
0: yeah yeah 100 so you i i would implore you to watch that big mom video because you also see that with uh big mom and kaido kaido's a blue oni and what i'm talking about in that thing is big mom's not big mom actually fits the only description of japanese folklore if you look at japanese folklore and how it's used and what is described she fits even way more than kaido and the thing is it's like the red and blue ogre and luffy has to uh essentially fight that and you even see that in their backstories right what does big mom do she tries to become friends with everybody whereas what kaido does yeah. he doesn't right he wants to be the uh, the other thing and then you see this dichotomy of like an interesting and waiting,
1: waiting for joy boy to arrive and i'll become that which will bring joy boy here like okay i'm waiting for joy boy come on where are you joy boy there you are and yeah you see that when he's defeated And you so so like you
0: know when I'm talking about the red and blue dichotomy, it's not that it it always is the same. But Oda loves to put twists on it. But the and so after so we talked on the Godfather Shanks video, and I said there's gonna be another Godfather Shanks video. The the thing is, it's like in that first one, it's that that sacrificial. I'm the villain. I you know I'm gonna take on the evil. And and be yeah. that person. Whereas Buggy gets to live his life in the East Blue. He gets to do his own thing, yeah. right? He doesn't need to take on that mantle. Um, yeah. And so after I made that big mom video and throughout it, I made a bunch of buggy videos. And so next one's gonna be a Shanks video essentially talking about that color scheme of what you're talking about. But the red piece thing, now now I'm definitely gonna run by this uh script and give you the exclusive before I post that video. Yeah.
1: So so I have two points I want to make and yeah. we'll go back to and Shanks, but the other one for another color thing is green and yellow. -hmm. Uh, Zoro and Sanji, yes, right, are are green and yellow going after each other? Because you mix green and yellow, you get what? You mix blue and blue and yellow, get green, or is it green and yellow blue? I don't, I don't remember. Blue,
0: blue and yellow makes green. Yep,
1: yep. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I I don't know if that works or not. I mean, Sanji does have blue, and he does have yellow, and then he's combating with green. So. Wait, so that's kind of green and green going against each other when you think it, about it. Sanji, it. Sanji's yellow, but he's also associated with blue, all blue, right? He has the blue fire leg, mix it with his yellow that makes green. Zoro's green, Mosshead, you have green and green, right? The rivalry that they each have against each other in in a way
0: and that is the beauty of the elemental hockey theory which i i'm gonna tie it back to the chapter so we can bring into the themes of the discussion right where it's like the hockey, the not just the colors hockey but the thing in that the philosophy that i'm citing is there's colors to the emotions right and the thing is mm-hmm. there's six foundational ones and from there everything else where it's like curiosity and courage and all those things and those are the blending of those colors those primary six of those things and those six don't have uh, essentially colors on their own um, but some of them do right and so Uh, you know, even in this chapter, Sandy said the power of love. And that is one that, that is talked about Mm -hmm. in that, in, in that discussion. So it reminds reminds me of Garpier when he says the fist of love. Right. And so like how those colors mix, like Oda, Oda does play really heavy with that color theory where it's like in other animes and, and they do it to make the main character stand out that you know all the colored uh hairs and all that stuff it's to make those main characters pop out but they also play uh you know uh archetypes of certain characters and so you see a white haired character you're like oh that's a super smart guy that's a super like a mentor guy that's a, someone who's suffered a tragedy whatever red is super aggressive blue is super timid like those archetypes are there but then oda also plays on that a little bit like you look at niji for example in in the vince Smokes, he's not the typical blue hair archetype but he's like a main character blue hair archetype and then like you you see a very different dichotomy of how Oda uses the color uh the color scheme you know even like with the Kurozumi the pink hair right pink hair is like you know the soft timid girl and then you see Orochi has that right um and then you see Tama Tama has that thing but she was like I'm a leader I'm gonna you know lead the uh, I'm gonna coup all of without her the raid would have been a very different story, you know. Obviously, Luffy probably sold one at the end of the day, but like the Beast Pirates flipping over definitely helped uh, uh, the entire story. And so, you know, tying it back to the satellite situation, right? We see greed, and and you know, in the context of everything uh, uh, leading up to here, we do see. We it makes so much sense, right? That that she is this traitor. She is the person that turned on them, right? Uh, and one thing about it that outside of all of that is something i noted in my atlas video so i was thinking of, of the two people that i thought was the traitor the most even though i thought a lot of things were possible was uh atlas and edison and i'm going to talk about them in a second but i just want to ask you one quick question and then i'm gonna jump back in so greed york at this point in the story now that you got this reveal What percentage do you think it is that there's going to be a plot twist further that it's not greed that, or greed has an accomplice, or something else? What percentage do you think that that's uh, possible?
1: There could be more. uh, So I think the most likely case in that, because I see we're going with that, could be that there's more than one person with alternative motives or ambitions. Uh, But as far as we know right now, where the story is, uh, it's very clear that all of the events we've seen align with somebody wanting, as York said, to become celestial dragon uh working you know with the government to try and trap people here so they can't report on what's going on but it's very strange because um you know you're listening we don't actually get to see right in this chapter who it was for some reason because isn't that strange right we get the reveal of york being mm-hmm. the one well, that's, that's, that's not true we get that at the very end so it's not that strange
0: i'm love i love that you're pointing this out this is something i was going about yeah.
1: okay go go, go. yeah because we, we, we see at the very end right so let's just follow this when you go to um on the viz yeah, um you go to page 10 to 11 on the viz and you see uh an anonymous contact with the world government dr Vega punk is studying the voice century right, snitch um this is egghead i want to speak wait for the ones in charge yeah. So somebody's talking. We don't get to see the person, but it makes sense. Even though I'm tempted to say could it could be somebody else, because it could be a you know misdirection. We then go uh, to the reveal after that as to who the traitor is, and then we're shown that it's York. And so right. there is a good chance still that York was the one that was on the phone mm-hmm. that was telling what what's going on, because Daikon does say someone that's been here the entire time has been studying my research. Um, At the same time. It's possible that York is out here killing everybody because York is acting on her own desires to become a celestial dragon. Um, let's see what York says. So York says, so, so Vegapunk says, why would you do this? Why would you be killing all of us and capturing us and not letting me escape? And then York says, hey, Stella, you know what? The world only needs one, Dr. Vegapunk. I want to become a celestial dragon. Right. Uh, we, we don't get the explanations yet because uh we'll probably get that in the next chapter obviously or the chapters to come yeah but this could be an immediate right taking advantage of the moment oh they're coming for Vegapunk. they want to kill him right they don't like what he's doing okay well what if i could become a celestial dragon by turning him over to the government right Mm -hmm. so that could be what that is right now but there could also be another traitor that is responsible for um
0: for being partial to some of the actions here right Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah
1: yeah The person that alerted them, the person that alerted them could have been someone else entirely. I still, I think it's York still, but if we yeah. were to just, you know, be hypothetical, there could be somebody else that is responsible for snitching, but York is just being greedy, right, and taking advantage of this opportunity because she desires and has always desired something else. So why not just, you know, never let a good, never let a good, uh, what do you call it, uh, never let a problem or, uh, there's this is, this is an expression in politics for it. never let a good uh, problem go to waste or whatever it is, mm-hmm. and they take advantage of it for, for themselves. Chaos is a ladder. As Littlefinger says in Game of Thrones, right? Right, right. Um, and so York could just be using chaos to climb the ladder to become the original Vegapunk. But what if there's somebody else that actually snitched and told on Vegapunk's research and it's not York? So that's the only other thing that I could see about it. But at the moment, I do think it's both are York given the given the way the plot progresses from hinting at somebody snitching, and then we get a reveal of York. Yeah. But it could be misdirection.
0: Yeah, so so the thing that you pointed out, I was I honestly was thinking about that in the same interesting way because if if oda wanted to reveal york as a traitor here right it would have made more sense to me and, and i'm not saying that the progression of this is is bad what i'm saying is it opens the door like you're saying to other possibilities why because if york was going to be revealed here you could have had this york scene uh and then and then have the, the narrator box progression and not have it blacked out and just show York doing it? Why do it in this way? And it's like, yeah, sure, you're building up the suspense, but if you're going to reveal it by the end of the chapter anyways, it's like that suspense isn't the same thing as what he does at like break weeks, for example, right? Where he shows you something, has you question it for an entire week, uh, a break week, two weeks, and then, and then you're thinking about it, right? Versus this one, that suspense is building up, sure. And maybe it's for the anime, cool. But like, Something that's interesting, and I think you paused on it, was the OP Scans translated the narrator box as um, I'm calling from Egghead. So to read it out to, to the viewers, this is what the OP Scans reader got um, at the very beginning of the narrator box. It says this was the day before the famous Egghead moment, but this story began three months ago. And then it shows the, the conversation. I'm speaking from Egghead Island. And then later on, when they respond back, they said, I'm speaking from egghead uh, from egghead. That's what OP scans uh, translated. I read TCB and TCB said, this is egghead both times and it's super interesting because at no oh. point do they say dr vega but in the viz in the viz one of the times the first one says i'm calling from egghead that's the first call oh, yeah, right yeah, yeah. later on it says yeah. this is egghead and i know in your so video the- you like the idea mm-hmm. but like is this could this possibly be the opening so, so where I'll,
2: I'll, I'll,
0: this yeah, is the ai the,
1: the ai itself yeah and um that, that's what I really would love for it to be punk records is the actual is the actual trader. whereas York's taking advantage of the opportunity. That would be awesome. I because think be great. if you think that's about it, it, right, if, oh, yeah, if yeah. you think
0: about, about it, it in in and I, I there is an explanation here, but like if you think about it this way, York's mm. goal of being the only st- Vega punk. Why is any of this plan really necessary? Couldn't she have done all of this without any intervention and then? Like we don't know how she's gonna ascend to the Sussu Dragon status, right? Like so because I, I, so when you're... cause uh when when um what's his face? Uh St. Jay Garcia's on his way, he said, I met met Vegapunk prior, and it's like very sad, but he's not talking about like any kind of like ulterior motive, right? He's not talking about anything yeah. else besides of like, oh yeah, like Vegapunk, like we're gonna go there and be friends or whatever, right? Which would make sense if that's what they talked about in these calls. But if it's not that, and let's say in this hypothetical, York had these plans. And I think, you know, just to to give it to the viewers, I am fully fine with york being the the traitor right but like ragnar Vinland was saying was like we don't have the explanation of any of the mo behind the scenes motive uh, the execution of it uh whether they've accomplished or not the discussion with the celestial dragon discussion we don't have any of that right now and so this part is really interesting because right now she could have done all of that without any intervention and it could be that if egghead is the person calling the Gorosei, it was trying to intervene in york trying to kill the the uh the 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 stella right it could have been that egghead plotted this that the, the ai was like okay how do we save it right it couldn't possibly predict that luffy would come here because if luffy was coming here then boom like you wouldn't need as much help but in the grand scheme of things, like hey, like let's bring the seraphims back, let's do all this stuff, and then the the traitor will come out, and then boom, yeah. uh, it, the, so, York's plan is foiled, right? It's interesting so, because when so in you think of- about it, right now, uh, all the marines coming, CP zero, Kizaru, that almost makes his plan much harder, unless there's a the way yeah. out of it,
1: right? And it, and it comes down to the original point again that you were asking about, you know, how are they offering to make, you know, how exactly do they offer to make york a celestial dragon. Um, you know, how is that possible? Are they lying to York just because? Okay, thank you for doing this, and then kill him too because the government always lies, right? Oh yeah, we'll give you somebody we'll help you out, and then they just take you out as well. Um, or, it, uh, it, well, here's the thing. So, in terms of semantics and and the words that are being used, I do recall from other series or real life stuff where you know you, you work maybe if you went in the military or you work for the government um you know you say oh yeah this is hq right so people say this is headquarters this is hq doesn't necessarily mean that it's a machine that is saying that that is that is identifying itself as headquarters right yeah um you know uh, it's not like this thing okay this is punk records right no this is egghead which is where they're located. Yeah. And people do at times identify themselves based on their base of operations mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. you might not always know them personally. Right. You know, identifying, you think, this is York. Even though York apparently has been, as Biggerpunk admits, to meet the Celestial Dragons. And I think Biggerpunk even says that in the chapter, right? Like, did you do this because, you know, was this at all related to, um, you know, after you went to uh, Joa with me and maybe the others went as well. And maybe for some reason only York came, right? Who knows why they went there. And they mm-hmm. got to meet the Gorosei. And then he says, well, didn't you see them as terrible people? Why would you want to be like them? Um, well, maybe it's because they get to have whatever they want. And York wants to have whatever York wants. And that's only possible if York becomes a celestial dragon. Right. And so it's kind of having access to greater funds, greater money for more research, which is probably why we saw Vegapunk on the cover page, because Vegapunk might have wanted more money and more funds and more research. And this is one of the ways of even getting even more in that by becoming a celestial dragon, because they pretty much live with impunity. Right, mm-hmm. they can do all, ter- all sorts of terrible things to women, to um slaves, to anything, and, they, and nothing happens to them. Right, right. Um, like, un- unless another celestial dragon puts them in their place. And yeah, so- and so
0: with the the York situation too, right? In terms of sending, uh you know, like I, I, I completely the this is a thing. If it were that if that's the case that's wordplay right i'm calling from egghead the first one that would make sense but then after a few conversations this is egghead like if that's your code name that's very vague right they wouldn't know who egghead is because lots of people on egghead right um and so if it were panned out that would be a line that's of, of importance in my opinion but at the same time like egghead i mean york definitely has uh uh more than one way of exp- like like it makes a lot of sense but the stoppage point which we c- keep coming back to is the celestial dragon thing so before i hit the other alternative ones here's two ideas that i want to hit you with this uh york celestial dragon direction right so one idea and this is a meme idea but like this is kind of like the only kind of logical thing it's like not logical i wouldn't say that but it's like we again we saw Doflamingo fail to reascend, right? And and Steli was like, uh, King Steli said like, "Oh, talking to Garp like I want to become a Celestial Dragon. Can you put a good word in for me?" He's talking to the people of Eam, uh, of the Gorosei, and it's like you know drooling over the idea implies that there's some way to ascend but like not necessarily and then we see like cobra like cobra you essentially is a celestial dragon in in name but not in in position and in in, uh in history at the time but from lineage yeah technically he should be a celestial dragon but he's apparently killed right we don't know the context of that and so york wanting to ascend, like uh, i was talking to Sai. me and Sai uh talk every week and and he was saying like is it that like York is going to marry like into the thing? Like, is that, that could be a way, but like even that's weird. And so that's one idea. But then the other idea that I'm thinking about is if, if, if we were to eliminate punk records from being a part, a part of this and, and York's entire plan, and this is all York, which I completely see. I completely see uh, just reiterating for the viewers. And and it could be that the plot line is, I'm bringing, I need to elevate the matter so much so that the Go, Gorosei member comes here so then I can then take over a Gorosei member's body. I can recreate them. I can download my body into their body and then I can masquerade as a Gorosei member. And I was thinking maybe that's the reason why Saint Jay Garcia is here. Maybe that's the 9,000 IQ chess play of sabotaging what seems to be your own plan of elevating Cypher to come and then what we see is even before Luffy was mentioned, the Gorosei member was coming. So if that was their plan entirely, it could be that your plans on kidnapping the Gorosei member and becoming the Gorosei member. And that'd be a crazy way of then becoming a celestial dragon. How do you see that? Mm.
1: I think that's insane. Yeah, like switching well, the, the the theory that I think maybe you're presenting and then I think others say is like you know, taking over somebody else's body uh, or, or replacing them um or at least being elevated any of those ideas i think is pretty wild I, I i find it hard to believe that york is so important that york is going to be elevated like that mm-hmm, i mm-hmm. mean having a having a vegapunk that having having a gorse member that assumes the intelligence of vegapunk would be crazy yeah and the government would have vegapunk under their personal uh well, not control but truly aligned with them now working for them instead of potentially sabotaging them uh, in coordination with Monkey D. Dragon. So yeah, no, and so
0: something I think Sai also brought up. I forget if it was him or someone else, but uh it was that if Lilith joined Neomads, for example, and it was a survivor, and then York left the celestial Dragon, that's kind of like a balance balancing act, right? You have Mm -hmm. one Vegapunk joining one side, another Vegapunk joining the other side, and then it balanced off what you're saying. Is like that would be insane, but it wouldn't be as insane if we kept multiples, right? And we don't know to certain extent because if the Stella has to live, we don't yeah, understand yeah. that context. Where does that Stella go? Maybe the um, final fight, not the final I, fight, but a fight is to return, so, bring back the Stella, right?
1: And I, and, and I do expect there to be like uh, at, at the end of the series of you know, an all-out war with different characters going against the government in different places in a scene kind of like Naruto, but hopefully handled a little bit better. Um, I, w- I would like though, if that doesn't happen, I, w- I would like for Lilith to be the one to take out York Just Mm -hmm. because again, York does not really strike me yet as such a consequential character that I want anybody else to fight her. I would like for, I do like Lilith for whatever reason. We met her first for a reason, I think, because I think that she might replace the original Vegapunk. If Shaka's dead, if Shaka's alive, then Shaka was cool too. But (laughs) uh, Lilith and York fighting would be what's up, you know. Let them, let them do get out. Um, you know, I I don't know if you want to move beyond York to the to um, we were talking about Saturn, where you know I've seen people saying that. Ryuma, I've seen this meme going around, I'm not really a meme, but I've seen this post going around on Twitter with Saturn uh, going out and recognizing because he's from maybe the voice century mm-hmm. and he knows of Ryuma and Joy Boy. Right. And then you see Zoro and Luffy together being, you know, uh, now Zoro's running ahead, but they were together for a time. And if Kizaru's showing up, who's he going to fight? Uh, mm. think he's going to fight both. Luke, he's going to fight both Zoro and Sanji who else is sanji gonna fight or would sanji take on a bunch of the vice admirals because as i posted on i'll probably make a video on this one of the short videos we put out yeah uh, sanji telling kuma the the person that the marines are gonna have to fear one day is me <laughs> i think this is that moment i think right now we're getting the admiral part of like other other marines and admirals might show up. this is not all of them we might get some more people showing up but you know a kind of and all of them but i think that um we're about to get the admirals clashing because at the end of Wano, we heard that right it was the setup you know of shanks and then we see shanks now at Elbaf. we see this kid who wanted to go after shanks and now he wants to make a name for himself because he didn't become a yonko and now one way to do that is by taking down shanks because he's ambitious and i think he's in pursuit of fame uh you know rogers speech of wealth fame and power um and so in this case we also saw the endowano a Akainu saying no matter who gets in my way right after learning about sabo and the revolutionaries i'll take every single one of them out right so Dragon and Akainu might be going at it real soon, and we'll finally get to understand why they hate each other. That leaves Saturn and Kizaru. People think that Dragon might take on Saturn if Akainu doesn't show up,
2: right? Right. Um,
1: we or, or you know, Kizaru might take on uh, Sanji finally because they've been parallel for a while. Right. Speed is weight. Sanji's yep. fast as hell now, but probably not as fast as Kizaru. is. So we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. You might say, oh, "Oh, too slow," right? You might say, "Oh, you're fast." Yeah. Imagine Kizaru for the first time acknowledging somebody's speed. Right. Yeah, like, that'd be cool. For sure, But also at the same time, he's a swordsman. He was duking out with Rayleigh. Mm-hmm. Right? So he's clearly maybe the best swordsman in the Marines or whatever. Yeah, And I would love to see him take on Zoro, right? Zoro's fought a lot of different swordsmen before. He never got to fight Hakuba, who's a speed swordsman. Film Red show- uh, showcases Shanks apparently as a speed swordsman. I don't think Zoro's ever fought somebody that has been ridiculously fast with a blade. And yeah. so I would love to see if Zoro can keep up. The same way because you know, this Zoro's portrayed as the next coming of Rayleigh or and Mihawk as well, so mm-hmm. parallels to each. Yeah, I would love to and see. And
0: then Saboody would get repaired because I would like yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Kizaru Zoro because the rerun of that scene. But, so, do you think that Zoro right now is stronger than Rayleigh, or do you think the Rayleigh is still stronger than Zoro?
0: Ah, uh, that's a tough one. That is a tough one. I think, considering what he said about Blackbeard, I think that Zoro and current Rayleigh. Uh, might actually be relative rather than a, as big of a difference as a so, thing. But so, like Rayleigh so it's, probably it's, it's, could put out a huge amount of power in a single go. It yeah. might be that stamina diff that everyone talks about. So
1: do you think that Zoro, the way he is now, could low diff if he's using Advanced Conquerors uh, the same way Rayleigh did? See, Rayleigh low diffed uh, Gear 4 Luffy with a punch. He just punched, it. he didn't do anything. And he I and mean, I know it's a filler scene. I think, right? I don't know. I don't know if that's actually. I don't remember actually being in. Yeah, yeah, that was in the, the manga, movie. but yeah. So, but, 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 like, but, like, but that's accurate. <laughs> like, mm. really going oh, all out would be on par with Gear Five, which is crazy to imagine. Right? Yeah, yeah, that is like, kind of crazy and, when you put. That, in that and so, and so, and so, when, you, and when you see how Rayleigh right was getting a little tired says I'm old or whatever he said against Blackbeard too, uh, when it comes to Kizaru when they were fighting on Savoie. Could Zoro the way he is now keep up with Kizaru the same way that Rayleigh was? I think he I think they could exchange swords and Kizaru wasn't even really trying as far as we saw True. based on their fighting. True, true, true. Rayleigh, they're just clashing swords really getting tired but even then really didn't go all, all out either he didn't so, want the fight either right because yeah. i was just like yeah. this this is gonna
0: take too much effort essentially to like yeah. try hard and then actually win this like can we not and then then kuma came in right and then and mm. essentially stalled him out yeah that is an yeah. interesting thing because like i think i think whatever comes out of this right because york is not a fighter but like or or we shouldn't think about york as a fighter right like in all regards it's it's kind of weird uh that that premise that i said like the Gorosei member and her end up even meeting and talking and then york gets into a position where she can uh take control of him do anything in that regard and the re- so the reason why i brought that up is because Atlas brings up multiple times holograms and through organs that they can look however they want. Right. Reality. You shouldn't take reality as it is because unless you like touch it, unless you interact with it, it might not be what it is. But when you bring up the, and we talked about this previously, it's like, I think we both believe, especially now that this Gorse member is probably strong. Right. And for the satellite to be put in a situation to be able to like, Take control over it, or or, or domineer over it, or, or or any anything like that. Even with the seraphims under their their toe, Whether the Ghorstic like has the power of it. It's it's so over the seraphims. Um, but so that doesn't necessarily make a lot of sense either. It's like, what is the fallout? And so let me let me hit you with a few other things, right, in details of this chapter that led me to oh, an idea. So, oh, 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 oh. Yeah, yeah, go
1: go we, for it. We wanted so, 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 well, we, so, well, we the idea. I just had something in my mind yeah the massive event that changes the world what if the marines learn the truth soon um people a lot of people are wondering if if this is going to be another lusia kingdom because even lucci was asking it. And all these connections mm-hmm. again the connections that you, you and i both like might play into egghead island saying you know what emu says just get rid of this place cleanse it get rid of it right because the goros are talking about a great cleansing what light do you want to extinguish light is truth information on egghead is to get rid of it. we can't If we can't keep it we can't preserve it just get rid of it we see all the whole time where like you know zombie invasion try and save many people can it's not working too many nuke it right just get mm-hmm. rid of it so they might decide to just nuke the island and the marines might see that whole place get wiped out and say what the just f- happened right now you're going to be wondering who who did that right the island's gone mm-hmm. and they're going to start asking questions and you have a gurus member that's here um, my, my one of that is i loved was you know Dragon or, they, them kidnapping him and interrogating him because sabo right obviously was trying to tell them about the king of the world but if he we got eliminated what if dragon and them show up and they see it and say this must be what happened to sabo maybe or something mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it. Yeah, no, heard, I, call. i've been what talking about interrogate him and, you know, Emu, yeah yeah
0: i've been talking about the lucia event happening to egghead but for me it's been diminishing Uh, especially once we saw the Gorosei guy going there, because the way I saw it was, um, you know how, like, Lucci was saying, like, asking, inquiring about the Lucia, and then they were like, be careful, don't do that. And I was saying that it might have been that the CP0 was sent there to also be erased, erased with Lucia. And the the Vegapunk would take the fall, and what they would say is, like, Vegapunk, similar to Ohara, Vegapunk was studying the the ancient uh, weapons, and the ancient weapons is why Egghead got deleted. So they blame everything on him and then also double down and say, this is the ancient weapons. This is why we're so fearful. Anybody and, who does that mm. is dead. But then but then we have the Gorosei guy en route. And now I'm questioning that line a little bit. It's still mm. there, but I'm not sure,
1: right? Yeah, because also, what is the other thing? I, I think that the Gorosei member is actually going to touch land. Maybe. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, he might, he might talk via Dendimushi, depending on whether he's a fighter or not. But if he is a fighter, I would expect him to touch land. If he's not, they probably stay on the boat and direct operations like a general, like he might be the general directing things and giving orders because go right and Kazaro shows up and he sits on the ship, right and is protected. Mm-hmm. Or if he goes in there, I would love for him to actually meet big up on face to face and then have a conversation. And we, because we're, we're about to learn something, I think, incredible. We thought that the reveal of, you know, we already got teased about it, uh, Advanced Kingdom in the past. Like, we, you know, we, we, we learned about how devil fruits are created. Like, mm-hmm. do we do we think that all the reveals we're going to get in the future of the story are going to happen all at once? Or is Oda, over the course of the next four years, right, based on what my brother believes in how long the story is going to be around mm-hmm. for, what if, you know, we're going to be getting Crazy reveals like every single month or every other, you know, several months or whatever. And one it. of them that's happened in April, maybe or or May or before it is over, is revealing the name of the ancient kingdom finally, right? That'd or revealing sick. this this or that. that's something to say, well, maybe Robin's supposed to find that out on her own somewhere in Laugh Tale, but I do think that not all this Oda can't just dump everything onto us at once. We're going to get obviously an, an overarching story that captures everything we've learned and Devil fruits and everything, all put into a succinct package that. Goes from the beginning of the story to where to, to when we finally get that ultimate reveal of the ancient kingdom, but I do think we're going to get some more information now that the Gorosei guy is here.
0: Yeah, and
1: Vegapunk no. probably knows other things you can challenge him on, ah. similar to Doctor Clover.
0: Yes, yes, exactly. That's what I was I was good. If this is truly the Ohara parallel, then it would make sense mm-hmm. that you know where wherever. Clover stopped, Vegapunk would continue about hypothesis. And then maybe that's how he exits the story or one way or the other, that information to shock the world. I was talking about this, like, what if that shock the world wasn't necessarily meant for the inverse world? It would meant for like our world also, but like um, the name being revealed would be an interesting thing, especially if there's gravity to that name uh, and, and its meaning and, and like at least confusion, right? Similar to like, you know, when Roger died, at, or when Roger discovered Laugh Tale he left he was dubbed the pirate king and the treasure was called the one piece right and he didn't have any control over that that's what they named it and so then when that uh when he was executed that essentially lit a fire throughout the entire world and that could be the parallel here combining both together creating another fire around the world
1: and then releasing
0: the name i do that that is yeah. an interesting thing huh
1: the One Piece is such an interesting name because it sounds like a puzzle piece, right? And a piece that's missing on a board. Yeah. And it's almost as if the government names it, the One Piece that, we're, that, that we've that we been trying to find, the One Piece that we need to achieve something, that one thing that we've been looking for, right? Roger found it, that treasure and maybe Imu's been after it. You think of the, the Tequila Wolf Bridge uh, and a bridge to nowhere. Like what, what way are you trying to connections again? Like you're trying right. to reach something on land. It's almost as if there's an island out there that you're trying to create a permanent bridge to, so you never lose your access to it again. Right. Because again, that final island of Rogers, Apparently, you can't just get to it. Um, mm-hmm. You need the, the, the Pontiglass, but what if you created a bridge to that island, so you could always get there, so that no matter what, you didn't, you would never need the Pontiglass again. You could always just take the island, or you could just get on that bridge, right? Drive down it, sail, whatever, travel down on horseback, whatever it is, and you would always have access to where this island is without having the need to find it again. Yeah. And uh, that's what, and that's what I think the bridge is for. Person. And
0: on top of that, here here's one thing before we get to the last segment of conversation, because I I was going to put the shocking thing at the end, but this is honestly a good, good uh transition. But just before that, like, you know, something that we're seeing right now is the race for the One Piece. Right. And we just got a confusing mm-hmm. thing with Shanks and, and real quick. Uh, Vinland, before we, before we go on super tangents on this, because I know, I think we'll use this part to tease a stream, because I think talking about Shanks is more fun on a stream where people can interact yeah. with us and stuff like that. Um, but when Shanks said, like, give me the poneglyph rubbings uh, to Kid, right? It Did it was like it almost like it seemed like he needed it and and we've been talking about how like shanks has the lineage and things like that some kind of weird Mm -hmm. connection that inch was that intriguing to you that like it felt like he needed the rubbings that he didn't already have them or he doesn't know where they are
1: i'm always looking i'm always looking at character faces right and Mm -hmm. shanks expression i don't know oda oda definitely designs people's faces a certain way not to be too much of a tell to have you inquire too much yeah the look on his face is strange right? Um, expressions I remember when he was talking to Ben Beckman, let's go claim the One Piece, Oda intentionally cuts out uh, Ben Beckman's mouth. You can't truly see his emotions, but the eyes convey, it windows to the soul, so much concern and you mm-hmm. know, sad, also kind of sort of sadness, like we're finally here. It's been a fun ride, you know, Captain, kind of like, you know, uh, mm. Roger and Rayleigh, like, you know, I'm not gonna die, partner, and Rayleigh's sad because he knew it was the end. Like you're mm. about to do something big and give your life away. Yeah. That was the same moment for me. They share a sake bottle, just like Roger did with Rayleigh, one last drink before we finally do this thing, this plan. And then he, you know, he left the crew, started the new age, and then Rayleigh laughed and said he never laughed and cried so much because he knew what his captain was planning. I see Ben Beckman the same way, sun and moon, right? You know, know, uh, the the shadow king or dark king to the king of the light, the sun, right? Whatever Roger was, or the straw hat before them, if the hat represents the dawn. Um, But yeah, Shanks' expression too is hidden away after he says it to Beckman. We see Beckman's eyes, then we see Shanks a sip of sake can't really see his mouth he seems you know conceive uh, as if he's it's you know it's finally time right this, i've been waiting to drink this for a special occasion yeah it's finally time to do what i've been planning maybe even going back to what, Rob, what he promised roger it's finally time to do this uh let's go claim the one piece now a part of me you know the this is another darker idea but you know when you see shanks face with kid he seems kind of like pensive, right shanks, you know kids like you know only if i lose and shanks seems kind of interested like show me kid like, like, mm-hmm. like, you know, like I said, I made a video this way, you know, called like, you know, why does Shanks want the one piece Um, where I say, I think mean, I did say I at my script, but where Shanks kind of, I would imagine saying to kid like, you know, show me kid, you know, show me Luffy, all of them, show me what you can do. Back to what he said during Wano, um, you know, are you that afraid of these, the new, the new generation, the new age, right? These mm-hmm. new leaves. Yeah. He seems to be interested in people uh, surpassing him as if he's not truly wanting it. But in many ways, he wants to see whether or not they're worthy of it. Okay, so you reach the stage now. Let's see if you can take me on. You beat Kaido, now come for me. Almost as if like, you know, you, you know, Kaido's the strongest. I'm saying on Twitter right now. They put up a poll for Mihawk. But, you know, almost as if Shanks is now entering the game, entering the race. Let's see. Yeah. Right? This is You know, he meant he promised that he would go back for uh, to Laugh Tail with Buggy, right? So let's see, you know, who's most deserving of it. So maybe he is really serious about going after it, but not because he wants it it's just fun to him maybe it all just is a game and he just lives freely and it's not that deep for shanks it's like okay you know i want to play the game too i you know the grand line i think jorba had a great video on it. i think he's the first one to say it that the grand line is basically a game you mm-hmm. know like a trap you put the pirates in there uh the dark theory from it i think is like you know what the idea that i concluded from it was what if the one piece isn't real and it's a trap for pirates to get distracted and go pursue the one piece And they all get defeated and crushed along the way, right, only to arrive at the final island. Um, But then again, Roger says, you left behind an incredible treasure, right? So you think that it is real, and Otis says it is something real as well. So who knows?
0: Yeah, um, yeah. So the, And the reason why I asked is, you know, I'm glad I asked you for that perspective because I never looked at the eyes that intently. But you're right. When it comes to Shanks especially, Oda would draw the expressions. We're seeing through Bonnie right now, like the emotions. Mm-hmm. Like people have said the most sad face they've seen in One Piece, the most like heartbreaking face. And you, you know, I pulled up the panels. Uh, uh, the, the one you're talking about prior is 1054. Yeah, Ben Beckman's eyes. You're right. It's like- a and, what I that is shanks shanks
1: shanks walks away from the rest of the crew who tend to be happier and are probably in terms of uh the order of uh, of rank are not as close to the captain i would argue as ben beckman probably is just as zoro and luffy have certain moments as a right hand certain burdens of seriousness that they keep to themselves yeah because the others are a little more light-hearted Sanji would be like third in line to that because you see you see where like um you know uh zora says that's the burden of of being a captain, captain yeah if you can carry it and then I mean, what are what are the who are we to fall or right. rely on and you see Sanji sitting there in quiet agreement you know you know like know smoking a cigar just kind of chilling whatever he was doing right but he's kind of just in quiet agreement uh, if I can pull that up yeah and so kind of with um Zoro and not Zoro but kind of with Ben Beckman and Shanks Shanks walks away from the rest of them celebrating Luffy and all this stuff right and Beckman seems like he might be the only one that might be privy to um shanks might be planning and the rest have no idea and so that's the feel that i got away from it and that's why he looks so sad Just like at rayleigh like do you think the rest of the crew knew what roger was planning or was going to do or was it only probably rayleigh that had some idea
0: right right. Um, so and the the reason why i was bringing up the shanks thing is because what if the way the world is shocked is because when roger died it was just the one piece right and yeah but what if you know uh, several people know now but more than most, Vegapunk probably knows, it's like the Poneglyphs are the way to the One Piece, right? That would be a thing to shock the world because the one, they're scattered, it's not like the, the Marines have been confiscating all of them. We don't even know if they confiscated the one on Ohara, honestly. And the I mean, they probably did. But like the point being is like that would be a way to shock the world. Because not only are you telling them the goal, but you're telling them the instructions, right? And we are seeing that thing where it's like, Shanks is now ready to get in the game, right? If It would create a chaos if you now reinvigorated the One Piece, the pirate era, by telling them... This is how you get to La- this is how you get to the one piece. This is how Roger did it. And it could be like you know, if Vegapunk's taken out by the World Government and they try to demonize him, but he announces like like this is the ancient kingdom name. This is how you get there. Those are the two things that were both essentially like stifled uh in Roger oh, yeah. and and Oda you know,
1: realized what? Oda 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 loves to like redeem characters. I love that mm-hmm. about his story that that redemption is possible for a lot of people even in controversial cases like i mean there's some examples in real life where the, the people are so messed up where we really think there's no redemption for them but you know people hate caesar so much and abusing children but people still at times for some reason i mean it's a fictional story so when i as i guess as emotionally involved with it and the consequences but some people are rooting for caesar to be redeemed right and judge vince smoke and mm-hmm. you know, they're all abusers all kinds of stuff yeah um i think a beautiful thing would be for Vegapunk punk is given what dragon said Right and how look at you like you know you don't want to join me don't want to fight them you're going to join the government you dog or whatever right I'm surprised the will of O'Hara that he spoke about passing it on it's yeah Dragon inherits that will Robin inherited that will too and we often think of inherited will as singular but it can really be plural uh, Luffy and Sabo both have inherited Ace's will Whitebeard says one day someone will arise and inherit that will too well yeah uh, Sabo got the Devil Fruit and has the will revolutionary as we find in the Ace novel Ace. Ben Beckman said he should have been a revolutionary now look at Sabo but you also have Luffy acting like a revolutionary flame emperor right I've named it for the move that's what Sabo is now called but Luffy's also an emperor too right and, mm-hmm. the, and flame emperor via the sun it's an interesting thing there so when I think about Vegapunk the will of a horror that that was that was mentioned in that chapter we see Robin we see dragon but we also see Vegapunk Robin thanks Vegapunk or these least Shaka or whatever right for carrying on whatever they were doing and telling all that mm-hmm. stuff so what if we get a moment where Vegapunk is basically like, you know, inheriting the will of ohara and he challenges the world and says people have a right to learn because all these characters right they have certain dreams and certain things that define them chopper yeah. about being a doctor people when i first saw sanji i people I think people fell in love with sanji's character because he's a cook don't waste food right mm-hmm. uh, i will even feed you if you're my enemy and there's a motto for doctors too where you could have a murderer coming to the hospital and it is, it is his Hippocratic oath, you know, as a doctor or whatever it's called, to take care of that murderer. A lot of people, you know, in a certain uh, uh, innocent communities, I'm, I'm right nearby a certain uh, inner city right here in the state I'm in, in Jersey. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm sure there are a lot of people that might be gangbangers or whatever, and if they get shot, hey, man, you killed like 40 people. It's, they're still required their oath as a doctor, just like Chopper, which I think Oda captures beautifully in terms of a profession,
2: mm-hmm. to
1: administer the best health care as, as, as if you were treating yourself. Right. To do do you treat, do you know, treat, do it to others as you would have them, whatever the golden rule is. Sanji's like, I will feed you because if I was starving, I would want you to feed me too, in a way, right? Like, don't waste food. And when I was, when, when I was starving, right, with under Zeph, I learned from my experience, it's one of the worst dehumanizing feelings in the world. And so he will not let people starve, you right. know, He would probably, he'd probably feed Imu if Emu was dying, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, uh, I think that it's the same thing with Vegapunk, wherein Vegapunk should have something that defines his character in a similar way as a cook. The world's best cook, which I think Shanji will, will eventually yeah. be indirectly, uh, the world's best doctor for Chopper. And so the world's best, whatever Vegapunk is, scientist or mind, shouldn't he adhere to his beliefs and defy the world in a glorious spectacle right? where he's like, you know, I do not apologize for what I did. I do not apologize for researching forbidden secrets. I would do it all over again. Right, I, I think we're gonna get a moment like that for Vega Punk. We
0: have to. No, yeah, I okay, okay. Hear me out. Hear me out. I just thought of something, and so after this, we'll go into the last segment because there's mm. there's a greater thing that ties in all of this, and you know, even with all the tangents that we had, it all applied to this concept. that I think, and it, it's larger to One Piece world, but you know, if with so so the translation, uh, let me let me double check what is the Viz translation for what is said here. Uh, it is, um, uh, okay, the resolution of the incident the following day would inflict a kind of shock the world never saw coming. So that's very interesting compared to what TCB. And I, I do want to point out that like, even with the Viz translations is always important to look at multiple translations, especially for the viewership, right? Like I'm not always saying Viz is always right. You might get more nuance from TCB and you might get a more foundational understanding from OP scans, but I think it's all about blending it, right? And so, mm-hmm. Um, what is said in the TCB, it says will uh, shock the world. That's what Vega, uh, or that's what this incident will do. Right. And something that you just said was like, what is Vegapunk's uh, Vega punks like purpose, essentially, right? What is his will? And we actually got his dream. His dream was to, 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 to give energy to everybody. But more than that, we saw through Morgan's big news. Morgan's. He said that Vega punk is essentially the person who lit up the world. And so, if you were to say that the Egghead incident shocks the world, then that might also be a tie in there that Vegapunk does release everything that he has essentially and lights up the world literally, right? Like, that's what his meaning is there for. And we oh, talk about why is the Island Rising yeah yeah and we Sorry. talked about like wills and and what roger did roger sparked wildfire, uh, wildfires what Rayleigh said right um and, yeah. and the will of ohara was smothered but like that is another way to if you're talking about shocking the world it's like igniting something igniting a flame is starting something up that could be a pun into that so to the shocking the world might not even be like a negative connotation it might be a positive connotation and we just don't get the full nuance there because yeah shock the world is is a very interesting I'm trying to think there was one other time I I recently came across a panel where it's like shock the world. Um, And I want to bring that up in in a future video. But so so, you know, we're talking about dreams and and we have York York's name is desire. And something I want to point out is that York is actually the only satellite that it has no other name. So like Atlas, for example, is wrath, but wrath does not. Atlas does not mean wrath in Japanese. Nothing like that, right? Lilith, Shaka, mm-hmm. they don't mean the respective things. But York, yes, it does. Yoku translates to greed. Greed is Yoku and Yoku is York. You can translate it that way. Oda gives the katakana to pronounce mm-hmm. York, but it's one in the same. That is what makes York an outlier. And I pointed that out. Like, it's weird that it that York was an outlier in that regard. And the thing about York is that we think of greed as an outlier, but what did we just talk about in this entire conversation, right? It's like greed is, is also translated as desire. Right. And so something I want to point out to, and and I'm just saying this to frame the conversation, because a lot of people didn't hear me talk about this, but I I just want to say it as a detail, because if this is truly a murder mystery, then, What's important in a murder mystery, in any murder mystery, regardless from Sherlock to even Scooby-Doo, is the murder weapon, the weapon that that causes the, the action of death in the story. And here we get a panel by panel showing of how Shaka died. Shaka got shot in the head, right? And we see the bullet hole, right? And then right afterwards, we see York. The giant york with a giant pistol who that pistol could not do that damage if we were to you know yeah i know oda does one piece sizing here and there with like even the enma for example sizing from odin to Zoro. but it's not like it's not like a panel to panel thing you know what i mean it's not like odin handed Zoro the sword and then the sword shrunk that's not what we ever saw right it's that you know, when i think about that when i think about like will and how will fits the the user right we know swords can have a will of their own and things like that and in this context it's literally like here's a page and then here's a page you see the bullet wound and then you see what did it and it makes no sense and the reason why i bring that up is because to me if if we're holding on to this is a murder mystery he's talking to the author of detective conan which they're best friends for the entire lifetime or not lifetime but in in the industry um who does murder mysteries all that stuff and and things like that then i can see a world where this york is we haven't touched this York. No one has touched this York. Even when she's walking, I don't think she's anyone has touched the York, right? And the point being is it could be a hologram. And that would be interesting because then the person whose sizing would fit would be not Atlas. I think Atlas would be a good trader, but Atlas is also giant. And so if they had a gun, it would also be a giant gun. It would make more sense if Edison would be the thing. And that's why like in the last two chapters, it was weird that we saw two Edison... Like, not two Edisons, a version of Edison that was on the Fabrio phase, like a version of Edison. And it's weird because we see Edison with Nami and we're interacting with it. And I'm wondering if like you can make more of Edison's, right? Like why can't an Edison make more of himself right like why can't he's the thinker he is the inventor why can't he also make more of himself when you think about when we got introduced to edison he was like i need to think 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 do this this this." it would make sense if he also followed the line of logic of making more versions of himself and he's like this like little bot it's not that hard to mass produce and we're seeing multiple versions of that and i'm just saying that the frame it. i'm not saying edison i'm not saying uh, atlas uh, the reason why I like Atlas even more because of this chapter, because if you bring in the Gorosei conversation, then the people that the Gorosei want, they want Luffy dead. They wanted Moria, but they also wanted Moria dead. But they wanted Robin. They wanted Robin alive ever since Any's lobby. They could have killed her. They wanted her alive. And in this chapter, you see Atlas saying, like, hey, there's this room that we don't use that's sealed off, or whatever. And she's leading Robin and Chopper, Chopper, Hito, no me, if that's important to you. That's interesting. But Robin, we have to keep our eyes on Robin. Anytime the Gorosei and Cipherpole are involved in any regard, keep your eyes on Robin. And so she's being led there. And it almost makes you think: why is Atlas like all of a sudden remembering this thing? Right? Why is why is Robin leading the discussion? And then once that discussion uh comes through, Atlas is like, Oh, by the way, randomly I remember the sealed room. Let's go there. So those two things are very odd to me uh, in, in that sense. And in tracking uh, York's movement, I, I think a lot of people bring up the point that like she uh, was enlarged prior to the frontier, frontier dome going down, but Edison wasn't even there. So it could be that Edison traded places with York during that time. York is supposed to be sleeping during that time. So it could be that the York that was stoned was the actual York because someone brought up that if York was a statue and Frankie was right there and everyone was petrified right there, you would notice if the York statue disappeared. Like it's a giant statue and it's not like they move necessarily. Yeah. So it there's more ways than one that this could be here. But what I like about this is what we talked about. Greed makes sense. But what we also talked about is, here's the thing that I, I want to propose to you and, and I want to contextualize the entire conversation is... Greed has a kind of negative connotation, but isn't greed, desire, and hope all essentially like variations of each other? And, and to give it a, a context, we talked about the elemental hockey, right? You have a desire, right? That desire is not evil. I think the desire that Luffy, Buggy, Blackbeard, they all have might be be all one and the same, but the way they go about it is very different. The way Luffy goes about it, you wouldn't name as greed, but the way Blackbeard does is greedy. The way Roger and Rocks did it, Roger might not be greedy. If he were greedy, his end story would be way different. He's not greedy because he sat there in execution and told them ignited them to, to go do, to inspire the hope the dreams for those people to pursue it whereas rocks if he's this evil character which you know i have fraud valley video that says uh rocks wasn't that
1: but um do you think that do you think god just briefly do you think that rocks is um because based on the way you portray him do you think he's like did you do you you intentionally portray him as buggy yeah yeah yeah
0: i think he's he's more of a buggy character but that's an important thing for this conversation where it's like what when you're talking about dreams being passed on buggy and blackbeard could have the same dream but the way they go about it is very different blackbeard could be inheriting black uh rox's uh uh, reputation right but buggy could be inheriting his a personality like that's how I see it you can break someone up we're seeing it in this arc how you can break someone's personality how and then in in, in throughout the entire story of one piece how wills get portrayed right we talked about it in the example of big mom to mother caramel law and corazon luffy and ace it's like it's not like they ate them it's not like they're the same person but the wills and and dreams they get passed on and so it's interesting because you would think that as Vegapunk, right, when he's dividing up his personalities, why would he even create greed, right? And I realized, I was like, wait a second, it's not necessarily greed that's a bad thing. It might be that the, the actual thing is desire. Yoku, meaning greed, is the pun. The actual translation should be desire. And the reason why I say that is because Desire is more of a neutral thing. You can desire a lot of things, but how you go about it is different. And York being called greed should have told us that was greed. But here's the problem: when we're introduced to the story, I in, uh, in Egghead, a lot of people go back to the line and saying this is why we should have realized it was greed. It was that uh, in the Lilith was saying like I can't. Control the primal. Why can't, and the other translation said greed, like, uh, uh, why can't I erase the greed or the primal urges or whatever, however it's translated? Um, and the thing about it is, isn't desires what Vegapunk said a primal urge? So, wouldn't that imply? that all of the Vegapunks also have desire in them. It's not like, yeah, they split the personalities, but it's not like Lilith, Shaka, or Lilith, Shaka, Edison. It's not like they don't have desires. We saw throughout the arc, they all have desires. All of them have desires. Edison wants to make inventions. uh, We don't know necessarily Shaka's situation. Uh, He was more aloof in that. But uh, Lilith, we saw her desire. She wanted to like essentially be she wanted to be greedy in a sense she wanted to take on the pirates get all the stuff so that she could uh you know uh use everything on her own and that was the evil context and so i was thinking about it like that where it's like doesn't this also open up the the idea that it's like maybe maybe this showing is how york was blinded by somebody else and the person i think is like Edison makes a lot of sense as the thinker. Edison also in real life lore, a lot of people have pointed out to, but my favorite one is because uh, Edison in real life actually signed on with the Celestial Dragons because he, uh, in real life, Edison versus Tesla, Edison signed with uh, JP Morgan, uh, who to this day, you know, we're still talking about how like with Silicon Valley Bank and all this other stuff, how they're bailing them out and things like that. But Mm -hmm. the greater point being that these desires that we're seeing like does it make sense that someone who is uninhibited greed or, or uninhibited desire that that offshoot to be uh as corrupted as somebody else like a wrath or a thinker or something like that because if it's just desire is there an issue? Right? We see a lot of people desire things, but they're not necessarily going about it as evil way. And I'm almost wondering if this is like, this is like a fake out in a lot of ways. Like this is what we think it is. But in reality, everybody is greedy. Everybody has desires, right? It's how you go yeah. about those dreams. It's how, what you will into existence. Well, I,
1: th- I, th- I, think, I think greed, I think greed applies to wanting more than you need, right? right. So like, a, a, typically greed is associated with a person that wants more food than they need, right? Like you don't mm-hmm. need all that, mm-hmm. or like you know there's someone starving next to you and you, you know you your favorite food is is like say your favorite food is like quesadillas or whatever, and you have like, and massive quesadillas and you eat nine of them and the person's starving is like please can I have a little bit and you're like no, are you greedy? Mm-hmm. Same with money. You know, people out there, I heard somebody say I watched a uh, Bernie Madoff uh, documentary on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And they talk about certain people, um, the greediest people uh, out there won't even spend their money and they just can't have enough of it and they keep on saving and saving and they won't even share with anybody or anything, they won't tip or nothing. These people are like multi-millionaires. That would be greed. I think desire, for example, like wanting to simply have money is different than simply uh, not being satisfied by the money that you have. Uh, And so what you York, it's like, it's never enough right so i need more i need more i need more i need more even then i think i can see that in your point is is it necessarily wrong like who decides who's the moral arbiter right of good and evil obviously you know the concept of greed as a sin comes from a certain religious uh belief but not everybody has the same religion and so Mm -hmm. if you are objective with and you remove religion and all that aside and you realize that certain things about morality or shared universally across humankind. But even then, even look at history, that's not necessarily true. Killing was actually, you know, talking about Vinland, right, Vinland Saga, Mm -hmm. Vikings, right, would kill. And they had no problem with it in certain cases in terms of being warriors and going to Valhalla, but at the same time, in certain contexts, even they recognized probably that killing was wrong based on certain portrayals. Yeah, the people who ended up being
0: kings were the greedy
1: ones. Yeah, so it's just, it's, just, it's just a question of who set, who decides what morality is and who decided that it was wrong. Like, It's your life as a human being, right? And even though most of us would look at someone in contempt for being greedy in that way, who's to say that it's wrong that you want to keep on making more and more money and you don't want to share? Is it wrong or do we just not like it? Right. Not liking something doesn't necessarily mean that it's wrong. You just don't like it. Right. So while we might not like the greed of York, to your point, does not necessarily mean that it's wrong what York wants? I mean, Vegapunk doesn't understand it because Vegapunk is an individual. Mm-hmm. York is an individual as well. We are not all the same. We all have different beliefs and everything. And the notion of wrong and right is uh, objectively a social construct, but subjectively, as far as we know, um, a lot of people would like to suggest that In the grand scheme of the universe there are certain moral hierarchies that define our world and our human existence but objectively we have to just assert that well that's just an opinion what we Mm -hmm. do know is that everybody's different everybody has different beliefs and unless you created this world how can you assert what is right or wrong you're not god yeah if you play a video if you design a video game yeah you can tell somebody this is how the video is supposed to be played you're playing it wrong and you know that because you're the designer you're the creator you're the god Um, Imu, right, as the god of the world dictates what is right or wrong, what you're allowed to learn, yada yada. Mm -hmm. But even Imu did not create this world, right? In terms of the overarching thing, even Imu is a creation of something else. Yeah. Uh, As far as we
0: know, at the moment, right? Yeah. As like the the, where it's leading to, yeah. And and so that's where it's kind of interesting because it's like several times in the series, right? There's the desire, hope was thrown around, and I almost I almost break it down to like desiring something i think everybody has desires that's what vega punk said right and so that was interesting to me because when you look at york if it's truly like there's two ways to look at it right where i can see it as uh vega punk separated out york as desire and it's supposed to be a like the sharks at the beginning at the egghead, right? Uh, that shark was just eating things as a primal urge, but it's not eating things for an ulterior motive, right? It just desires to satisfy itself. Desiring something is kind of like, you know, uh, essentially just this neutral thing, right? And then there's hoping. And then hoping, I kind of see it as like taking a back seat, right? Like if I hope someone does, like something happens, right? I'm like, putting it into the, the ether, I'm I'm hoping some external power goes up uh, and applies that. And then when it comes to like, losing faith in that hope in that thing happening, and then I'm doing anything that's possible to make it happen. That's where greed comes in. And it's all about that balancing act of that, right? So it all kind of stems from like active and, and passiveness. And so like, I can see everybody also being greedy, too. And the thing about what, what we were talking about is like the food stuff, right? Because what's interesting is in One Piece, as, as weird as it is, the people who want to eat and poop and sleep, right? I think about Luffy, I think about Bonnie, and I think about Big Mom. And what's interesting about them is they're not necessarily greedy in that sense. They desire food, but they're like, they desire for themselves. Even Luffy says, I don't want to be a hero because I want my own meat, but he's also fighting for people to eat. That's the same thing Big Mom is doing. She's going about in a different way and the perspective might be greed, but even the way she goes about it, she's matching tick for tack almost for what she's fighting against, right? And when I think about that, if York is truly desire baseline, the name Greed, the in, in insinuation that she's going off on that, because again, at this point, we don't know necessarily further than that. I'm talking about this all as alternatives to Greed, and the reason why I'm bringing that up is because you brought up money. When we brought up money and, and power and even thinking, thinkers, right? Like, think about Shiki, I think about Doflamingo, all these people who create plans. I think about Kaido, right? He denies Give people food. But he wasn't like a glutton himself or a greedy for that thing what he he was wrathful he was violent that's where i put those characters in and it's because of those characters and their desires you connect both of that those two things their personality and their desires that's what made them greedy at the end of it right whereas if you look at the opposite of greed you kind of look at generosity right and you wouldn't essentially apply that to luffy but generosity is also an interesting thing that ties back to the philosophy that i'm actually talking about in in the um that that ties to elements of hockey where it's not necessarily like giving away um essentially but it's just taking as much as you need. It's not taking more like you were saying, right? And that's where like Luffy comes in, right? Like Luffy eats until he's filled and he's not going to deny people, right? Big Mom also does that to a certain extent too, but then there comes the hunger pangs and the extension of that where she becomes greedy, which is a separate thing. But that's where it's interesting where it's like I I almost look at these other satellites now and because I think we can agree that all of them have desires, but if they all also have a personality, On top of that, outside of desire, because again, desiring something isn't the problem, right? And I'm not excluding York here, but, you know, even Vegapunk went to go see the Gorse, but he didn't do anything more than that, right? But then you have a thinker like Edison, who's making inventions, and, and wants to continuously make inventions. Well, it's like, well, What's inhibiting me from making more inventions? Why can't I do more things? Maybe I need more funding, all that stuff. And the thing is, I'm saying that for Edison, but that applies to all of them. You can construe all of them in that way. And I'm kind of thinking about it like that because it's like, if if there were a reason for york to not be here right the point being the gun the gun not matching up that's a huge thing for me as from like a person who reads a lot of murder mystery watches a lot of murder mystery stuff then the the mismatch of the celestial dragon she's it already feels like a baseline she's being duped right and you wouldn't like it if the Gorosei was duping him, right it wouldn't it wouldn't feel well good if that was the case right so either york has a solution for that which we talked about didn't necessarily make sense and then the reason why I would like it if the other personalities were there is because the entire conversation of what we talked about from Shanks to Buggy to Blackbeard to Luffy to to all the other characters in between, um uh uh Kaido, Big Mom, all of them. It's like they all desire something, but what makes them evil isn't necessarily the, what they desire. It's not that. It's what they it's it's not even the will. The will behind it is admirable, right? It's the the larger structure that that is preventing those desires from coming to fruition. And because you're constantly suppressed, that makes you greedy. That makes you constantly greedy. And again, that would apply to your here, right? If she comes back with a with a story, like I've been living this entire life suppressed by the rest of you guys, constantly eating, pooping and sleeping for all of you guys, Boom! That's how you become greedy—not just desire, but now greedy, right? I can definitely, yeah. definitely see that, and I like—I almost wonder how this arc maybe, will yeah, play or maybe, into, or
1: maybe being, that. yeah, yeah. So, so being split up into multiple people and maybe being forced to um, share your existence with others, right? Kind of like a child that is in a family and you have too many siblings and you don't get enough attention, and it's like you know what—I want to be seen. Right? it's not enough for me right? i want you mm-hmm. to want you to see me and then if i and if i can't be seen with them then i want to be the only one that is true and I think that does actually happen because of the middle child but it's even worse when there's a lot of kids like when a guy has you know um, enough resources to have like you know 15 children and yeah. back in the old days one of you will be my heir and inherit my throne and my legacy right no competing and vying for it yeah i can kind of see that with york as like a daughter of vegapunk right and now it's about okay i'm going to surpass all of you and york is actually number six so york is like at the very in terms of hierarchy we pay but we pay more attention to shock as readers and logic right and so they get more attention and then the other ones are more involved with the actual research and everything mm-hmm. whereas york's kind of just reduced to this you know just eating and you know um you know uh, using the bathroom and you know sleeping and like it's like okay you know what kind of existence is that as you mentioned right right you're yeah wanting more for yourself and the question is it so wrong to desire Uh, things in this world yeah i almost it'd be be interesting to see how it goes yeah
0: i feel like this arc more it's so crazy that it's a scientific arc because for me it's like a philosophical arc and i think you can uh, you know you've been talking about ai a lot too and like that might be where punk records would be really cool because maybe that's punk records doesn't have a desire and that's what makes it a good arbiter of what is the best option here, right? If punk records is involved in the capacity, we just talked about how, if they sense that York was the issue, which I want to also mention that we talked about in the live stream, that in terms of all the satellites currently, York would be the best person to dupe the punk record system, because in terms of uploading, they wouldn't have the craziest, uh, like upload log, right? If I were checking your log, my log, our internet browser history from stocks, the news to history to all that stuff, it'd be crazy. But then you look at someone who's just eating pooping and sleeping they're not even putting down a log essentially this is a pizza and fries right which some people do on the internet fair uh fair enough and that's not of actual importance and so they could easily dupe the system i can definitely see that and i see like with with this arc though right if you look at the satellites kind of like as children if vega Punk's children because a lot of times we see our like especially being a, a dad now I'm, it, obviously my child's not old enough to essentially see this my wife sees a lot of her and me in our kid um but you know, sometimes you see like yourself in some kid, your anger or your your frustrations, your temper, your 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 uh the, your excitedness, your the way you think. You see that in various kids. And I think Big Mom is an interesting one because it's almost we see that in Katakuri, Curry, right? Katakuri Curry is the the poster child, the heir, but Paraspara is the oldest kid, and at the same time, there's almost like a resentment in Flampe, who was like the younger kid who didn't have as much power, created this like for a gang essentially to 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 uh and then the moment katakuri broke his uh, his persona she pounced on him and the reason why i bring that up it's like the satellites when you think about Vegapunk, and tying back to the beginning of the conversation was like we wouldn't like it if Vegapunk was outsmarted by anybody else but at this point this is it this is the only way it makes sense is that he's outsmarted by himself right a personality of his own and that applies to the kids too and then like you're saying like the if you were to split up uh personalities or something maybe one personality is better off than the other and that shines and that creates resentment among yourself right and that's the nuance of like Something that I keep going back to is what Vegapunk did is unnatural, right? He split himself up by his personalities, which we don't even know how he did. Did he use Kuma's fruit to split up his personalities? Like, we don't even understand how that's possible. Because however that is possible, I think would be a dope uh, transition into a future devil fruit. Um, if, if you were to able to create that, which doesn't currently exist in in the One Piece world. Um, and that might be how a future devil fruit is made. But backing up, it's like... Um, when you look at, uh, uh, oh man, I forgot what I was thinking of, but oh, I forgot, I forgot entirely with the, the
1: definition. I was just scrolling, I was just, I was just scrolling on Twitter, uh, part I was listening yeah. to you and I saw, as we're talking about York's own identity and,
2: mm-hmm. you know,
1: desire and to be my own person and all that kind of stuff, right? Not just be a clone, which is interesting because you look at uh, questions over the, the seraphim and are they alive and their own existences and everything, Yes, right? Uh, you see, Arthur just three hours ago. He's, let me read it. He's, Arthur says, "Interestingly, York is the only punk to use feminine pronouns and speech patterns. Could it be, could it be, to differentiate herself as her own being? So, though, or eerily in Japanese, her speech pattern is like that of a trendy girl. Hear how it sounds translated. It's so this is what he says. It's like it's based on his interpretation of the Japanese and the viz and everything. Uh, yeah. York is more of a person than the others." that's actually something and and, and actually and actually york is portrayed when we first see york as uh engaging in human activities Mm -hmm. yes uh, bathroom and york is so york is portrayed as far more human
0: right 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 so so i remember that this is actually something i wanted to bring up which our tour i me and our every time we talk it's like we talk and then we're like wait we're thinking about the same thing so we were like both talking about sora the warrior of the sea talking about uh zoro's backstory like similar conversations and it's so funny that that happened with the tweet um, because that reminded me of something else i want to bring up but you know the thing i remembered what i was saying was like the unnaturalness of what Vegapunk did of splitting himself up into these different personalities right that might be in it of itself why mother nature loathes the devil fruits right the concept of this unnaturalness leads itself to a problematic situation where if the devil fruits were brought out of desire and hopes then giving that desire and hope to somebody else who doesn't naturally get to that place to, to acquire what a previous user did, um, might be a problematic situation. And the reason why I'm saying that is Vega punk is a natural person right from what we know he's a person who was born on karakuri island or born somewhere lived on karakuri island and he developed these personalities he he experienced everything personally created these personalities and these personalities balanced to create this character who's not too greedy or is too greedy or whatever desires these things but what happens if you unnaturally split off these personalities that now lose the other parts that were made to build someone off and i think like like you were bringing up the seraphims they don't seem to besides boa it's like they don't seem to have their own installed uh uh um desire hopes dreams right now and it's almost like is desire what corrupts you because york seems to be desire and that makes you greedy or is it what affects you in life that makes you greedy because that's where i think the the um situation with york is and to our point i think what's really cool about that is at this point we don't know if lilith is also a humanoid if lilith is a humanoid that's something that i've been wanting to know because everyone else seems to be cyborg edison pythagoras even shaka right now atlas lilith and york the ones we talked about going to neomads and going to celestial dragons if they're the humanoid ones they're the most interesting ones the reason why is because if they were based off of humans and lilith aside, let's not talk about Lilith, but the reason why York has to be human is she eats poops and sleeps, right? If the clone personalities of Vegapunk still need to eat poop and sleep despite being robots, then that implies that one, he wasn't able to erase it, but they didn't have the facilities to do that in the first place. I don't see how Edison or Pythagoras eat, but uh, York has to, which means that it probably is a human, which that might be oh. the introduction of why and, the desire and, and, and is and out actually, of
1: control. Actually, yeah, yeah, Lilith actually might be the other human. Maybe there were two human versions of Vegapunk made, but Shaka clearly seems like he. uh Well, we don't know what we don't know what's under the helmet, right? right? So, right. I think that'd be cool if Shaka somehow survived and we see what he really looks like. But if Shaka I want was Dragon. also uh, an android, yeah, Shaka was also an android. And if um, what else? And if uh
0: Lilith and York were the two uh, humanoids.
1: Yeah, and then the other ones are all clearly designed as robots, but similar to like cloning seraphim and everything, maybe Lilith and them are humans, uh, are, are either human bodies or biological forms. Then that would be interesting in terms of them being more human like, which they do seem to be, even Lilith kind of, even though we don't see her as much. Yeah. But uh, I, I, I yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I, I like that. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah,
0: to, the last thing, the final, because I know yeah. we, we went over time and, and we were talking for two hours prior to this, is I think the understanding that by the end of egghead is we were talking about like, you know, when Roger was executed, we saw all the pirates and and Rayleigh said like, you know, they carried on the wheels buggy and shanks both Mm. being there. Um, And and we see that with the rocks, right. Whether buggy and blackbeard have them or even Luffy, it's not like a one-to-one, like, you know, here's my child they have my will Ace and uh, Roger didn't have that but ace carried the personality of Roger it seemed that's why he couldn't turn his back and I think Egghead is really interesting for the main reason that Vegapunk didn't clarify the separation between him and the satellites in their desire in their dream in their will if dreams and wills are something that you're born with in in a way right because we saw Vegapunk geothermal tapping Carter Curry. It seems like even as a child, he wanted this energy thing, right? Um, uh, to, to fruition that we saw that's his dream. It might be that all the satellites share the same dream. And I don't know if that's something that's like people have come to me. I, I feel like I'm recontextualizing that, right? Like in this latest chapter. And what we're seeing is how each personality pursues that inherited will. So you can inherit a will. But your personality, what you experience in life, that changes what you do with that desire. And that makes it a greed, that makes it a hope. That makes it, that makes it something that you you pursue, right? That's what changes it. It's the personalities it's your experience. I think that's what we're going to learn from from Egghead. And I am I would love to see how Vegapunk shocks the world because that is something new I realize is if Vegapunk does shock the world by inspiring them to go after the one piece or go after or, or pursue free energy, whatever, then we might be seeing a whole new end to the last saga Um, in a lot of ways. A lot of fun stuff will come out of it. Yeah, but
1: um, that's great.
0: Yeah, yeah. so with that, uh Vinland. uh thank you for entertaining me for two hours uh, coming onto the I stream know,
1: entertained too. it was great yeah <laughs> great to be here uh hopefully we can do that again i know you mentioned the shanks stream i'd definitely be down for that sometime in the future when we get around to it um uh, maybe like the break in april i'm, I'm going to be visiting my brother actually um i think second week of april but well, I mean, that's probably like four weeks away. So maybe sometime between now and then, we could like do a stream. And
0: sounds good. Sounds good. Um, before before we like super close out, I just want to reiterate: Vinland has a uh a channel, One Piece channel, but he's also going to make other channels. So go subscribe, join his Twitter. Do you have a Discord?
1: Oh yeah, I, I have a, I have a Discord. I don't use it, so you know we'll see what happens my other channels i might be more active on those in terms of what i'm going to be doing with that because the the theme of the channel might require me to be more active for in terms of interacting with my audience but uh just generally for those of you that, for those of you that you know watch my videos on my channel uh you might maybe you've been watching the recent ones or not i dropped one or two videos some of them might pique your interest so yeah definitely go check them out um you know the ones i'd recommend are why shanks wants the one piece and then maybe feel free to check out the uh uh, the the one that says Roger's Straw Hat and other dark mysteries in One Piece. I think there's a lot of ideas in that video, such as Red Piece that I expand upon. Uh, that That's a dope one, sounds like. Yeah, Parviz mentioned at the beginning, but yeah. yeah. so I uh, just want to, anyone who's
0: made it this far into the call, you're a real one. And that's also, you know, I expect you guys to show Ragnar some love and I have a feeling based off of our conversations of that we, we will be in touch talking a lot more. So guys, don't be surprised if you see more of us in streams and conversations or otherwise. And again, that voice was a pleasure to listen to for the last two hours. And so thank you again for tuning into The Voice of All Things. Thank you for joining as one of the best, strongest uh, voice of the One Piece community, Ragnar. Talk to you soon, and talk to you guys soon.
1: Take care, Paul.